and good morning. It is a Tuesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn. Griffin's here. Prince Charles is here as well. We've got lots to do on the program today. Obviously, we'll dive more into the fallout from yesterday's news of Lamar Jackson making it public that he had previously requested a trade from the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Bob Kravitz from The Athletic thinks he knows one team that absolutely should be in on Lamar Jackson. That's the Indianapolis Colts. We'll talk to him about that. It's Tuesday, so we'll talk uh, some uh, Terps. Good news, Jameer Young is going to return for another season at the University of Maryland. We'll find out what that means from our buddy Patrick Stevens. And a former Raven, Max Williams, is coming back to town this week for the Ed Block Courage Awards. We're going to catch up with him a little bit later on in the program as well. That's all coming up today. But we begin today, where we always do, with the Lamar meter. Lamar. Behind me, you might notice there is something slightly different about the Lamar meter. I am very happy to tell you that we have a new partner for the Lamar meter. Our friends at Glory Days Grill have joined forces with us to bring us our daily updates to the Lamar meter. It is going to be um, fruitful for you guys as well because on Mondays, Glory Days is going to be giving us a $25 gift card to give away every week related to the Lamar meter. I'm still working out some of the details of that, and I will let you know, but very excited that Glory Days Grill has come aboard as an official partner for the Lamar meter moving forward. And with that in mind, today we're allowing a guest set of the Lamar meter, which is nervy for me because I said yesterday, I think I went too low at 39% on our emergency Lamar meter update. I think that was too low of a number after I really thought about it. But I was texting with our friend Josh Charles, of course, Mr. Baltimore, the man that uh, represents our city in every possible capacity. And we were having a good back and forth, and I thought, you know what? It's Josh's turn. Josh is next up to set the Lamar meter this morning. What's going on, brother? How are you? Glenn, what's up, my man? Hey, man, everything is good. How are you? Uh Uh-oh. You you hear me? You good? I'm you doing got... pretty good. All right. Oh. It's a little little echoey. I'm not gonna lie. Huh? Uh, huh? I don't it, know what that's. Well, uh, no, it's good now. All right. Very good. I'm glad to it's hear. It's okay that. now. It's okay. I think it's good. All right. I think Bef- we got it. Before um, we set the meter. So yes. What's going on with you? Go ahead. What's up in your life? Uh, I am. Uh, I'm here. I'm in Paris, France. Oh. <laughs> calling you from a little cafe. I had no working idea. Working here for a few months, off and on. Um, <laughs> I had no clue. Now so, I kind of feel like a jerk. <laughs> no, it's it's actually been great. I, I think I mentioned it in, in our text exchange, but you I might have missed it with all the yeah. all the info we were sending back and forth. You know, it's been great because I've been listening to you guys. You know, I, I get it a little later. Uh, once it's sometimes I listen live, and sometimes I'm able to just listen to the whole show on my on the podcast. So I'm able to just been you. Keep, keep, you guys have been keeping me company either working or walking around Paris, so it's been great to not miss home so much and, and feel like I'm, I'm still up in the loop of what's happening. Um, so I did hear you yesterday pick 39, and then I heard you relentlessly you know, <laughs> talk about how you, you think that yeah. was probably too low, and it was a, it was a gut overreaction. Yeah. And I, I think I agree. I, I feel like we're very similar about our take on this um i tell me when you want me to give what i what i think is the and and just so i want to make sure that i I have proper clarity the number is that he will be playing for the ravens week one week week one of the 2023 season that the starting quarterback for the baltimore ravens will be lamar jackson that's the number that we're setting 
Wow. Okay. All right. I, um, t- I tell you what. Let's just let's just do this before the Lamar. You know, t- the, before the tweets came out yesterday, where would your yeah. number have been before we saw this? Like, if you were setting this yesterday at 10 a.m. Because again, we didn't get this news till about 10:45. Yeah. If you were setting the Lamar meter yeah. yesterday at 10 a.m., where would your number have been? I felt pretty solid around in the 70s, okay. somewhere in the 70s, okay. you know, low 70s. I think I felt pretty confident that they'll work something out. Um, I think the lack of any team sort of jumping immediately into the fray, uh, you know, spoke volumes to me. And I thought that, you know, him and the Ravens would work it out. But, you know, this, this, this tweet, you know, or set of tweets, I think sort of certainly – you know, elevates the stakes a bit uh, into the game of the negotiating game, which I think, you know, you were reflecting on after you picked 39, and I think it's true, right? I mean, I, I think it's just a game of negotiation, you know, and, and who's blinking, who's not in this moment, and it feels like a move to me by Lamar. And I've, I've long thought listening to you through this whole thing of just the exhaustion of, as any Ravens fan feels right now, of having to, to hear this again, you know. Um, I, I think you said early on, you know, there's no bad guys here. Yep. You know, everybody, everybody has a right. And I, I couldn't agree more with you. Um, I, I think that said, I think I'm, I'm reading and hearing a lot that the Ravens have zero leverage. And I don't agree with that because I think the leverage they have is, you know, he has a contract and I think the Ravens have the leverage to sit still. It may not be popular, um, but sitting still, you know, puts it back into Lamar's choice to make, to, to make that decision. You know, am I going to sit out? Am I going to forego $32 million right. and sit out? Um, and I think you, when you had Rick on, I, I think the other day, didn't he say that if he does do that, then in the next season, doesn't the same rules apply? They like do. you can go by this, this, this season. So I, I think that's, that's a huge thing to think about in terms of who has the leverage. Um, I, I'm not. I'm not saying that they have all the leverage, but I, I certainly don't think they're without any leverage. Uh, in this Josh, situation. you know what I would say? I would think and, that, and I, I would say they both have that leverage, right? Like Lamar does have the ability to look mm-hmm. look at the situation and say, "You don't have another option. You need me. So if I threaten to hold out, if I threaten to not play, then that might be what pushes this, that forces this. That you don't really want to punt this season. Whereas to your point. The Ravens look back and say, well, we yeah. also know that you don't want to sit out an entire season and miss out on you know, what now would be $32 million, but I've been convinced all along they, that wouldn't be the actual number when we got there. They would, they yeah, would no, work I agree something with you. out. Yeah. So I, I think both parties want to push those buttons. The question keeps coming back to who, neither, team is, neither party has blinked yet. Like, even yesterday, yeah. Lamar didn't say, I'll never play for the Ravens again, which even guys that have done that mm-hmm. have ended up playing for that team still. But he didn't say that. He just True. said, I requested a trade, which, as we learned, was before the Ravens even put the franchise tag on him. He requested that trade. So, exactly. I, you know, I just think it's all kind of trying. It's all part of a game at this point. And if people are making it. Let big, me ask you. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. No, no, no. Finish. Him. Sorry, I, was gonna, sorry. I think a lot of people are making a big if deal about are... the timing of Lamar putting it out there yesterday when John Harbaugh mm-hmm. was sitting down at the table. That would scream to me if it was purposeful, right? And I get why we all think that's the case. If it was purposeful, it would seem pretty direct that that's about his negotiations specifically with the Ravens. Like, if that's about him trying to become a cult, 
Why does he care about that timing? It sounds more like, yeah. I want to push your buttons in this moment to try to force this, to try to say, let's get this done already. Right. I, I see. I see it less. I see it less calculated than that. More, maybe he heard that you know from one of his people on his team that maybe you know a reporter caught wind of it and was going to put it out sure. there. I don't. I don't. I just don't think it, the timing was so. I, I just. I, I have a hard time believing that Lamar was thinking that calculated about it. But maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I mean, the other thing that I, that I'm. I, I feel like I keep sort of. We all just keep losing sight of is at the end of the day. You know, he's saying the Ravens don't appreciate my value, right? I mean, that's the gist of what he's saying in his tweets, right? That mm-hmm. they're, they, don't, they don't value me the way I value myself. And I've heard you say, and I, and I concur, that you know, your value is what your value is, is what, is what people are willing to pay, right? Mm-hmm. And so at the end of the day, if people are willing to give Lamar Jackson the exact same deal that Deshaun Watson got, right or wrong, I think we all agree that Deshaun Watson should not have been the first player to get you know, a guaranteed deal um, in any respect. But until somebody does that, like, I, I don't understand, you know, th- this idea that, like, he, that the Ravens somehow don't don't appreciate his value. I mean, I, I think they do. And I think it's, it's, I've just, I guess I've had a hard time as a Ravens fan feeling like, you know, we've been getting, you know, th- th- this franchise that everybody loves and is, you know, so well run. And suddenly now there's this narrative going around that we're not that because of this. Mm-hmm. And I just don't agree with that. You know what I mean? I, I really don't. I mean, I-, I think, you know, they had the ability to negotiate. He shut off the negotiations once the season started. What were they supposed to do? You know, I mean, I- this is how it played itself out. And Lamar is a partner in it. I don't think it's all that this is the Ravens fault but, and that they did something wrong or this is some huge blunder. I think it's complicated, and it's made more complicated by whatever's going on between Lamar and Sean Watson. You know, whatever whatever that means to him that yeah. that he got something that he wants and feels he's deserving of. And by the way, if you're Lamar, you are deserving of. of, of right. From your point of view, I I should get more than Deshaun Watson. I've done more than Deshaun Watson. What's Deshaun Watson done in his NFL career? I've done. I've won MVP. I've taken my team to the playoffs. Right, unanimous MVP. So sure, from his point of view. But do you see the teams out there that are going to do that? I mean, that's what I think we're losing sight of. Like once that happens, then I think we are going to lose him. Right. If that doesn't happen, then he has to either come to the realization that like here is the top of his value, and I think the Ravens will meet that. So I, I don't know. That's that's where I'm at on it, and that's why I'm a little more optimistic. But I don't know that I'm fully optimistic. All right, so, so I'm not so, even sure what number I'm going to throw out there. So yet. before we set the number, two things: if if I wanted to criticize, if like my goal was to try to find a fair criticism of the Ravens, it would be to say, and a lot of people brought it up, you should have been more proactive after year three, right? Like you should have said, we are hell bent on getting an extension done now, and if that means we have to overpay a little bit and look at the Josh Allen market. We will do that in order to not have to deal with this two years later. If I'm being fair, I would say after year three, there's nothing that tells us that Lamar Jackson was in a rush to do this. So I don't know that even if you had tried to overpay him, it would have worked. I think it's still possible. That's my point. That's my point. Yep. That's my exact point. I think I think it would not have worked because I think he wanted to wait. You know, he he wanted to have this this position. You know uh, that he's in. I mean. You know, and and I don't think it's quite worked out probably the way he was thinking, and maybe it still will. I don't know, but until until there's a team that's doing that, I, I don't see how how this 
changing, and that that's unfortunate because I don't I don't. I, that's the only thing I see sort of tipping the scales one way or the other. And then the other thing I would point out is if if they knew they couldn't do something, then a year ago would have been a better time to trade him, right? Like if there was ever going to be a point where you're going to trade him, you should have tried to trade him a year ago when this wasn't hanging over, when a team would say, well, we've got a whole year to try to make something work. You know, let's make go ahead and make the trade and know that we can put the franchise tag on if that's what we have to do. But it goes back to what, what I think you right. and I are going to ultimately agree on. I don't think the Ravens want to trade Lamar Jackson. I don't believe that. No, I don't think I don't they think have so. any interest in that. I don't think that they want this to end. I don't think they're playing. I, I accuse everybody of lying because they lie constantly. It's it's just and I get it. I've defended that. I've said it's what they have to do sometimes. But nothing that I have dove in on in my own reporting, the people that I've that I've never come across some a, a, any thought that they want this to end without Lamar Jackson as their quarterback. I have never gotten that belief at any point in the process. Yeah, I agree. And I'd say this, you know, one thing I, I, I listened to when I was listening the other day when you had the, the former agent on, yeah. and he said that it's mandated by the NFL that, that agents, you know, sports agents for the NFL get 3%. I was like, holy crap, that's so much lower than I thought. Like, yeah, I, that, you know, as actors, was, we pay yeah. agents 10%, right? Oh, and so I sit there and I thought, I thought, wow, 3%. I mean, you're, you're, you know, to not have an agent to save 3%. And I, and I, I, I guess whether he feels he should or shouldn't, I mean, that's his decision. But for me, I, I thought, well, what would an agent do for that? Like, you know, what, what exactly are they giving you? And I thought from my own experience, and maybe some listeners will find this interesting, is that what, a, what, a, what an agent gives you sometimes is just the ability to not take things so personally, right? right? So right. that if you're... If you're if you're negotiating, it's a negotiation. There's someone from business affairs at the studio. In my case, you know, or here, you know, it's it's someone with the Ravens, you know, and and and, and it's very easy when you're the artist or the player to take that personally, and you go, what? F that. They don't want to give me this. I always get this. Like, why is this a problem here, right? And then and then the agent says, oh, you know what? They just point out to you, well, so and so. This is how you know they're doing it right now, and so you calm down a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I just wonder. You know, and again, I know nothing about Lamar, like in his team and everything, only that I just wonder if he has any element of that or if it's just a lot of people with their own agendas, i.e. the the Players Association or people that are just sort of, you know, um, that that anybody's if everybody's just telling him what he wants to hear. I don't know. You know, I'm curious about it. I I think it's a reasonable question to ask. I don't know who it would be or or even, you know, if it's not just what they want him to hear. I I don't know who's telling him anything right now. I don't know who has his ear from from this standpoint of if if the teams are all saying we're not going to talk to your mom or we're not going to talk to your business partner or we're not going to talk to any of that. Is part of the problem here that he's he doesn't want to do the work himself? That he doesn't want to be the one to get on the phone and directly call the Indianapolis Colts general manager, and that that's part of why he's right. you know, requested a trade is because he wants you to do that work for him. You, Baltimore Ravens, right. go figure out what the team is that's willing to pay me the number that you won't. Because you know, I I don't know if I'm Lamar Jackson, and if again, I have no idea if these teams are willing to talk to his mom or not. Like it, Mike Florio said, well, I'm telling you that some teams would say I, they won't talk to anybody else. They won't play by these rules. I'm going to guess that there are teams that are willing to talk to whoever says they're speaking on behalf of Lamar Jackson. But if there are teams that aren't, sure. if for whatever reason, you know, the, the Falcons GM says, dude, I'm not talking to anybody but Lamar because I don't want to get in trouble in this process. 
I just don't know if it's right. in Lamar's nature to be the one to pick up the phone and call and do all of these things. It might very well be that to him it's easier to say to the Ravens, well, you go figure it out. You, you, you call around, you figure out who's willing to pay me the number that you're not willing to pay me. And the Ravens are saying to themselves, why would we do that? <laughs> like, that's not our job. Of course. I'm not going to do, do the work. I'm not going to do Correct. that work for you. And, and listen, what about the idea, the idea of sitting out, you know, I mean, of, of the Ravens sitting tight and saying, you're either, you know, play for us at, at you know, this 32, but like, like you, I agree. Let's say they'll negotiate it to 40 something, you know, whatever, that it's some, you know, amount while we still in good faith work on a longer term deal or um, you sit out for the year, you know, I mean, I don't know, man, that's, I don't think that's ever really gone well for people that have done that. Right. I mean, I, I got to imagine that's not, I mean, am I wrong? Has someone sat out and it's actually been beneficial so to their it, career? It was brought up well, like uh, the Levy on Bell thing was brought up a couple of things because it wasn't necessarily beneficial to his career, but it is worth pointing out that he was only offered $10 million worth of fully guaranteed money from the Pittsburgh Steelers. And he got, $32 million worth of fully guaranteed money from the Jets. So while his career might have kind of tailed off, he did accomplish the goal that he wanted to accomplish, which was to say this was not – the Steelers didn't offer me a fair deal. Is it worth it? I, I don't know mm -hmm. if Le'Veon Bell would have tailed off anyway if he had just played that. So I, I couldn't tell you how his career would have gone. And I, I would agree. I don't think it's a smart idea, but it is worth pointing out that – Deshaun Watson didn't play the entire season before he got $230 million with fully guaranteed money either. So, I, you know, I don't I don't know. I wouldn't do, do it. Somebody? I wouldn't recommend it, but, you know, I, I don't know, man. Like, I, the idea of trying to get to the open market is quite valuable. Yeah. Do you, do you see somebody giving Lamar $231 million fully guaranteed? Mm, do I see it today? No. Do I think that if – you know, if we got to the point where you wouldn't have to worry about the Ravens matching, where you wouldn't have to worry about giving up draft pick compensation, that there could be a team that just says, ah, hell, all we got to do is put the number out there and it's over. I think it's more possible. I, do I see it? No, I think that I think that we know the answer is that the teams are pretty hell bent on not going there, that that they're not going to do it mm -hmm. for Lamar. They're not going to do it for Joe Burrow. They're not going to do it for Jalen Hurts, that they're just. They're not doing it at this point. Um, right. And then do you, do you think – what do you think that number is? Is it 231? I mean, I'm saying that sort of facetiously, but is that the number that the Ravens would not match? I mean, do you have a sense of, like, what is that number? I think – Because that's the other thing I'm, right. I'm missing is, like, what is the actual – what's the difference here? So, I keep hearing 133 fully guaranteed for three years, but – So that's the number that we have that we – you know, that Lamar says was put on the table. If, if we believe, and I'm basing this based on a conversation that I had a year ago combined with what Florio reported last week, which, to be fair, like, Florio nailed the part where there was somebody else calling teams speaking on Lamar Jackson's behalf. So he was on to something there. i got to give him credit for that. If we believe that part, then the answer is they're saying we do a $200 million guaranteed deal even if it's not fully guaranteed. If you put a $250 million deal together and only 200 of it was fully guaranteed, we do that deal. The fully guaranteed number has to be 200. So the gap right now is 133 and 200. Do I believe that if another team put out 200, the Ravens would match it? At this point, I do. Because I think it gets they're able yeah. to say it's not fully guaranteed. They can save face and say we didn't give a fully guaranteed deal. 
Um, we, you know, somebody else set the number to begin with. So if you're mad at anybody, be mad at them, not at us. We only had to go there because the, you know, the Falcons or whoever was willing to offer it. I think 200, if it's not fully guaranteed, they probably do. But they just, I, I think they feel like they're negotiating against themselves. And that's not how they want to do business. Right. Like they, until you right. tell me who it is that's offering 150, why am I going above the number that I've already put out there? Like I, I get right. it. I do get it. I fully yeah. understand where the Ravens are coming from. There is a small part of me, Josh, that just says, is it worth it? Like, is it worth all of this? Is it worth not being able to upgrade your team this offseason? Is it worth dealing with, you know, this being the story every day just to just to not make this, this statement? Like, it, is it maybe more worth it to just say, look, we're overpaying, but we're overpaying to not have to deal with this any longer? And and it's some small part of me, and it's easy because it's not my money, right? Like, I don't have to be the one to fork over it, put $200 million in escrow. There's a part of me that would say, let's just get this all past us. There's the number. Be done with it. Move on. Figure out the next thing. Try to improve the team. See if you can't get DeAndre Hopkins to come play for you because you sure as hell can't do that until you know that Lamar Jackson is the quarterback. You know, a quarterback situation. Yep. But then what are you thinking about, like, you know, I was looking and saw that, that the Browns restructured, I think, some part of uh, Deshaun Watson's deal. But then his cap hit for the next two years yeah, is $60 yeah, million. jumped up to correct? 60 yes, correct. Which is, you Something know. insane like that, right? Which is like, what? so what, if, if you're, how, how do you succeed doing that? I mean, is that, I, I just don't even understand that. Well, I mean, you have to ace your drafts. Is, like, you, you have to ace your drafts. There's no getting around that. Like, you absolutely have to. Right. Every, almost every pick. It's the thing you know. By the way, Josh Charles is with us. He's about to set the Lamar meter. We'll get there. I promise. Um, you have Oof. you can't do what the Nervous. Ravens did post Joe Flacco. Like as much as you and I have had this conversation before. Every time somebody yeah. says the the Joe Flacco contract doomed the Ravens, they just conveniently leave out the actual. They conveniently leave out Matt Elam and Terrence Brooks and Arthur Brown and the list goes on and Brashad Perryman and everything they did in drafting in the first couple of rounds for every it, it just so happened to coincide with their worst stretch of drafting which we all know for the most part in their history they've been outstanding at right but it just so happens to right, be right. that the worst three to four years that the ravens ever had as a franchise in drafting all came in the immediacy of the contract that they gave joe flacco and nobody wants to bring that up the Chiefs were able to overcome mm. having a huge cap figure for Patrick Mahomes last season because they knocked it out of the park. McDuffie was a hit. Nick Bolton's been a hit. Like they, Isaiah Pacheco looks like a star. They nailed it in drafting last season and found immediate impact players that could go in and boost a team that they weren't able to spend as much money on in free agency because they had to pay Mahomes a ton of money. And also it helps that, you know, Patrick Mahomes is absurdly good. But – that's the reality. Mm -hmm. You got it. You got to hit it out of the park in drafting. You can't have your first round pick be even a CJ Mosley at that point. Like you can't. You you have to find stars when you draft moving forward. If you do this, all right. You're on the right, hot, right, right. You're on the hot seat, my man. It's this is. I'm on the hot seat. You're okay. on the hot seat. I need a number. Hmm. Sixty-eight. Wow! What a jump! What a jump! All right, talk yep. talk me through it. Why that's a twenty-nine percent jump from where we were yesterday? Well, talk. 
but 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 again, I'm not basing it off of 39 because I think you were right yeah. to to think that that was too low. I think it was. I mean, one part of me wants to just go 51, right? right. And I'm trying to sort of balance between how much I want it to be 70. Yeah. But I do. I I I I I don't know. I guess I'm just an optimist at heart. Maybe that's completely foolish of me, but I do think. I think. That's where I'm at right now. I love this. I love your optimism. That makes me happy today. All right, so the official Lamar Meter update brought to you by Glory Days Grill from Josh Charles. Glory Days. 68%. We could do that duet at some point. We can work on that. I'll be Bruce. Oh, my uh, God. I love it. Six, I was singing it when I heard you mentioning it. I was like, I'll pass you by Glory Days. Um, 68% is the number that Josh Charles has. He has boosted the Lamar meter all the way back up to 68%. Uh, is there anything I can plug for you, yep. my friends? No, you're good. I mean, I, I've got uh, I got the show, um, The Power. It's coming on Amazon. Uh, I think it's just dropping right now, and I'm shooting this, this FX series right now called The Veil, sort of uh, spy series out over here in I, Europe. I saw that. Paris I, and London. Yeah, now and I remember. It. Now I remember um, that. It, now I remember you telling me you were there. I remember these things. Now you've triggered my brain a little bit. So I'm there. I know. So who else you got on the show today? I'm going to listen up. So you got. Uh, I, do you remember? Do you remember? You do you remember Max, Will, Max Williams, who used to play for the Ravens, is coming back to town this week. Yeah. Um, I am. I am hosting. You can't. You can't swing back to Baltimore on Saturday, can you? I got to. I got to host the Ed Block Courage Awards on Saturday night. I'd. I'd like to have. Oh, you. that's awesome. Who's getting the Ed Block Courage Award this year? Uh, the Ravens recipient was Marcus Peters. Um, so that'll be nice. fun. Of okay. course, we'd like to have him back too. That would be nice if we could work that out. I will try to put something in his ear about that when I see him on Saturday. Uh, Jameis Winston was yeah. an Ed Block Courage Award winner this year. I know we're going to see him there. Josh Jacobs, Fantastic. an Ed Block Courage Award winner nice. after his massive season. So, yeah, it's going to be a fun night on Saturday night. I'm looking forward to it. Well, so we'll Glenn, you know, you know I love you. I love your show. Uh, I, I love listening, especially when I'm abroad. Um, I just uh, It's such good content, and it keeps me close to my, to my home, my team. I will say this. I want to end on this note. Um, I – you know I'm Baltimore through and through. I love the Ravens. I'm a little tired of the hearing the team get bashed as hard as I think they are right now. I don't think there's anybody bad here <clears throat> in terms of, of of intentions, in terms of motivations. I, I, and I am the Ravens fan first and foremost. I hope we keep Lamar Jackson. He's a spectacular generational talent. Um, but I'm always going to be a Ravens fan regardless. Right. Next year, the year after, whether Lamar's on this team or not. And, uh, you know, I, I'm just trusting that, that the team is doing what's best for the team. You know, I, I, I see no it. other reason they do it any other way, to be honest with you. I get it, brother. We will be in, you know, we'll be in touch and, uh, we'll try to figure when you get back Definitely. home, we'll try to make this uh, happen a little bit more frequently. We will talk more about that. Then. I would love it, man. Love you, I brother. Would love it. All Appreciate right. You. Well. Thanks for doing it. See you. Josh Charles from Paris. <laughs> I didn't even, I didn't even put the two and two together. I kind of feel like a jerk about that. <laughs> And I do remember that he had, he had texted me a couple weeks ago saying he was in Paris. I do remember that now. And I just, we, we text a lot, Josh and I. And I, and I, God, everybody knows my feelings about Josh. Like before we were friends, I was a Josh Charles fan and I like all of his work. Um, but yeah, that's a, that's a bold jump. Yeah, That's a bold jump back to 68%. And you know what? I'm washing my hands of it. Okay. If I'm not. I'm not gonna readjust it. Okay. If you if, if oh, you I were gonna, setting, I was gonna take the easy way out. 
But he just alluded. No, I was going to go 51. 51. I was going to go 51. That's the number I was going to go to. If I was resetting it, I would have gone right back to 51. Mm -hmm. And it might be that by tomorrow, I was back into the 60s. I was back into the, okay, things have settled down. Nobody's really established themselves as being a a potential place for Lamar to end up. Um, But I was just going to take the easy way out today, honestly. It was going to be my (laughs) my plan, was just to go to 50. Exactly what he said was 51. I think it's slightly more likely than it isn't at the moment. But I am... what he's reflecting, I, I feel those feelings. I felt the feelings of for, for 10 minutes yesterday, it felt explosive. And then when I actually thought about it, and again, that's the part that a lot of other people are struggling with. Like, I keep having people trying to say, like, um, when, I, when I use the phrase, it's a trade request, not a trade demand, I'm seeing people say to me, well, that's a distinction, but not an actual difference. No, it's a significant difference. If you read through those tweets yesterday and one of them had said, I can no longer play for the Baltimore Ravens or I will no longer play for the Baltimore Ravens, that would have been notable. Instead, it it read more like I'm trying to engage the Baltimore Ravens. I am... A lot of people have made the compare. I, I don't know what the average is for guys getting traded that request trades, right? Everybody would point out that Xavier Howard has recently requested a trade and to this point still has not been dealt. Whether he will or not, I don't know. Last offseason, Debo Samuel requested a trade, which directly led to him getting paid. Aaron Rodgers previously requested a trade and didn't get traded, but then ultimately did, Right? Which would not be relevant for the Lamar meter because if Lamar gets traded in two years, he's still going to be the starting quarterback in 2023. But I would like to see Lamar Jackson be the starting quarterback beyond that. Unless he falls apart, of course. Then, you know. Then we'll have a different conversation, right? We'll talk about that then. I don't know what the average is. I don't know what, if we went back and looked at it, we would say this percent of players that request a trade end up getting traded. It feels like it's not quite 50-50. But I don't have, there's no statistic. I don't think pro football reference or wherever it is that Griffin steals all of his um, his tidbits from, I don't think those websites track these things and can give me a statistical percentage. And sometimes it's that we believe the player asked for a trade. Like, we believe that Russell Wilson requested a trade, but then he said he didn't request a trade, he wasn't traded, and then a year later he was. So what is, how, how would you rather that register that statistically? Does, does any of that count? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Like, Debo Samuel made it public. There was no hiding from it. It wasn't a report. Debo Samuel acknowledged, and his group acknowledged, that he requested a trade. Requesting a trade has been a negotiation ploy. That's what it's been. Demanding a trade or flat out refusing to ever play for a team again is a different thing. That's not, to this point, what we believe Lamar Jackson has done. Could that change? Of course. I should tell you today's show. By the way, the Lamar meter is brought to you by Glory Days Grill. We're really excited about that. Great to have Glory Days Grill back. You know how much I love Glory Days Grill. In fact, to celebrate, I think I'm going to go there tomorrow. Uh, I think I'm going to go have lunch at Glory Days Grill because that's how much I love Glory Days Grill. I I am st- thrilled. We'll get some uh, uh, smoky thigh wings. It's going to be a great day. 
Today's show is also brought to you by, ooh, this one's brought to you by the print issue of PressBox, which is available right now for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find PressBox. Read it all. PressBoxOnline.com. There's Gunnar Henderson on the cover, and only a couple weeks left to get this print issue of PressBox. I, I know we overreacted to yesterday. The unknown is still the bigger part of the problem. To, the unknown is, is there a team? The stuff that we were spitballing about yesterday, is there a team? There's really no reason. I know this was like there was some weird viral clip, clip of Pat McAfee singing to Ian Rappaport when Ian Rappaport brought this up. But like when Ian Rappaport said there's still got to be a team that wants to trade for him, like he's right. That's not him taking the side of the team. That's him analyzing the situation. You can't trade Lamar Jackson unless someone is willing to pay him what it is that he wants to be paid. And there is no benefit. There's no reason why suddenly a team would say, well, we weren't, we weren't going to be in for, for doing the, the matching thing, but we will be in for a trade. Because if your fear, if the reason why they wanted, they, you know, that you didn't want to put in on the franchise tag an offer sheet was because you think the Ravens are going to match it, why would you believe that the Ravens are going to trade him? The only way would be if the price went up. I heard this from a couple people yesterday. Well, the price could go down. Why in God's name, if you're the Baltimore Ravens, would the price go down? We were going to criticize them if they only got two first-round picks. We were going to scrutinize the Ravens to high hell if they got a lesser value for Lamar Jackson than what non-quarterbacks have gotten on the open market or on the trade market. Now they're suddenly going to trade him for less than that? Well, the problem was the two first-round picks. Why? Why would that have been the problem? The, the Ravens aren't making that trade. And the Ravens, to make any trade, still need to have a quarterback in the process. So the only thing that I can make an argument for as to how things changed yesterday would be the argument that it brings the Dolphins or the 49ers or a team that doesn't have a first-round pick into play earlier than they would have been because they could have gotten into play after the draft now they could get into play now. And uniquely, those two teams have quarterbacks that they could trade to the Ravens. I was on with the guys in uh, Vegas, VEASAN, this morning. Um, and I think people were watching it on mass, and I got a few. Uh, I appreciate you guys. I would like for you to watch this show, for what it's worth. No offense to them. They're really Paul, um, uh, Paulie and Mitch. They're great dudes. I love getting on with them. But this is kind of my priority. And I get frustrated. I really get frustrated when people hear me somewhere else or see me somewhere else. I'm like, you know, every day. Every day. Whoa, that's Clegg Clark. He's yeah. like said. Like every day. I'm here. I'm available, man. Hi. It's me. Same guy that you saw on VEASAN this morning or that you hear on 105.7. Still me. Right here. I know I'm preaching to the wrong people because you guys found us. <laughs> Tell your friends. Tell your friends. We do a show every day, 10 to noon. It's a whole thing. Like I like doing those other shows. That's cool, too. But, like, you know, this one is also fun. Sometimes. Um. Anyway, the point of this being, I brought this up with them. Like, that. That could be the difference. The difference could be that those teams are now in the mix and have quarterbacks they could trade. The question becomes, if you're the Ravens, is that what you want to be trading for? And I have said, I'd kind of prefer to not trade for Tua Tungavailoa if I'm worried about availability. 
Like, if that's my issue with why I don't want to pay Lamar Jackson is because of availability, in what world am I going to pay to a tongue of Iloa? And Trey Lance has started five games in three years. Is there anything to make of the comments that the 49ers made yesterday saying that they're kind of committing to Brock Purdy no. as the quarterback? No. I mean, they can't, what else? What can they say? Well, they, I guess you, if they said they were going to commit if, to Trey Lance. If they were in on Lamar Jackson but didn't know that they could get him, what would they say? It's the same thing. I do. I appreciate two things. One, if you want to read anything into yesterday, Robert Kraft, that's very telling. Because he is potentially poisoning the well with Mac. Like, imagine Mac Jones sitting there hearing his owner say, like, eh, that's just up to Bill. Like, he didn't say, but we're committed to Mac Jones. He didn't say, but we're not doing that because we have a quarterback. He said, yeah, we're listening, essentially. Essentially, that's what yeah, he said. Yeah, but when Meek Mill calls you. Well, I hear you. always listen. But, like, it'd be one thing if he said, hey, Meek Mill called me. First of all, we don't even know if <laughs> My God, man. Like, the, the, the distance that we're taking this. What a bizarre world we live in right now. No, but you make a point because, like, it seems like in that relationship, Robert Kraft's supposed to be the, the one to bring kind words to Mac Jones. Yes. And the Robert would, Kraft, Bill Belichick. He would be the Mac one that should be saying, like, you know, hey, yeah, reassuring. Me, I yeah. got this call from Meek Mill. He says Lamar wants to come to New England, I, and that's all well and good. We've got a quarterback, and you know, with of course, I don't make the football decisions, but the way I see it, we've got a quarterback, and we're really excited about Mac Jones, which is what you would always say in those circumstances. So the fact that he didn't say that makes you think they're really exploring it. Now, does that mean that it's going to happen? I I don't know how the Ravens make that trade. If, if the Ravens come out of this with Mac Jones. Just quit. Four first round picks, maybe. Yeah. I, but none that can. You're not landing a quarterback with their first round mm-hmm. pick. You're hoping for the best. I keep coming back to this thing. Everybody keeps saying, "Well, just punt the year." Again, if I knew if there was some trade that I could make today, where somebody said, "Look, man, the Ravens are going to stink this year, but I'll guarantee you the first pick next year, and you can have Caleb Williams." Okay, I don't. I don't love it. I would still just rather have Lamar Jackson, but. All right, that's if that's my backup plan, fine. One team gets Caleb Williams. One. And you think that all these guys are going to agree to go out there and suck this year? Think you're going to say to Marlon Humphrey? You think you're going to say to Rashad Bateman? You think you're going to say to Mark Andrews and yeah. Roquan Smith and J.K. Dobbins? Guys, like you need, you're in on this, right? Like, Come on, you're all going to agree to he's, suck. He's all pros. Like, please, please, just suck this year. Just be awful, Marcus Williams. Don't ever come up with a turnover. Ball, yeah. Hey, uh, uh, Justin Matabike, I know you're on your way up in your career and, like, you want to make some money, and so you probably want to have a monster season. But what we really need you to do is have a mid-season this year. Just be super mid. Like, don't you don't have to be awful. You don't have to just give up. But, like, just don't be good. You're good, right? Like, look at Justin Tucker. Hey, man, I know you're trying to get into the Hall of Fame, but, like, what if you just missed some kicks? What if you just missed all the kicks? What if you just tried that? Well, maybe we could help him out and just go go on every fourth down. And yeah, that would be and, and yeah. right, correct. They would never have to worry about Justin Tucker. Could you imagine? You don't have a roster that's built to tank. You have a roster that's built to if your quarterback play is mid, you're gonna win too many games to be that bad and not be good enough to to be anything. Caleb Williams ain't the answer here, man. It ain't. 
Now, if for whatever reasons, some everybody got hurt next year and it worked out that way, God bless. But to assume that is nuts. You got to get a quarterback out of this. The, the Patriots can be in on Lamar Jackson all they want to be in on him. They don't have a quarterback that you want. And they don't have a pick that can get you a quarterback. So what are you doing with that? The Colts is the closest thing you can come up with to legitimate, right? Because you believe the Colts pick would net you a quarterback. Is it a quarterback you want? Are you certain that the fourth quarterback in the draft, if a team moves up in front of you to get the number three pick, is definitely the quarterback you want? Are you so confident in both Richardson and Levis? And it's possible that you'll be taking the third quarterback. It's possible nobody moves in front of you. But you got to do this math now, that someone might move in front of you in order to make sure they get their quarterback. Are you confident that both of those guys are absolute rock stars, and if you got a hold of them, they could be your franchise quarterback? If so, again, I still don't like it as much as just having Lamar Jackson, but... And to this point, do we even know if the Ravens have done any scouting on these quarterbacks? Well, we know that they like, met with Anthony Richardson at the combine. Like I, they're going. They, somebody's at all these pro days. Like the mm-hmm. Ravens do their their work. But you know, I, ah, boy, I'm sick of it. I'm so sick of it. I get to this point where we're having this conversation. I'm like, oh, we're still doing this. I. There has to be a team that's willing to pay Lamar Jackson what he wants, and. And it has to work for the Ravens, too. And if a team is willing to pay Lamar Jackson what he wants, my gut still comes back to the Ravens will just also pay him what he wants. They're just not trying to negotiate against themselves. Somebody else wants to offer it. Somebody else, you come to say they were willing to trade for me. Then at that point, Lamar would have to say to you and make the trade because I'll never play for you again which to this point, we have no reason to think that's the case. So Josh might not be wrong. It might be the number is really still 68%. We'll talk more Lamar throughout the course of the show, I promise. Today's show is also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. We'll come back in. We'll talk about Jameer Young returning to Maryland. Patrick Stevens joins us next. Glenn Clark Radio. Are you a diehard O's fan looking for the perfect way to show your team spirit? Look no further than Birdland Sports. Birdland Sports is a small business run by fans for fans. They offer a wide variety of unofficial O's merchandise from the Birds Are Coming tees to player cartoon shirts and more. And the best part? Their prices are more affordable than the big guys. So head to BirdlandSports.com and grab your gear today. Show your support for the Birds with Birdland Sports. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson profiles Orioles phenom Gunnar Henderson, breaking down how he was able to become the top prospect in baseball at such a young age and what could be next in his first full MLB season. Also inside, we meet lacrosse players from the men's and women's college programs across the state, and Bo Smoka breaks down another year wide receiver issues for the Ravens. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. 
Have you experienced hardship due to COVID-19? CCBC has great news for you. We have funding available for short-term career programs like project management starting this March. Gain valuable skills to advance your career and get back on track. With CCBC's project management program, you'll learn how to effectively plan, organize, and execute projects. This is your chance to make a positive change in life. Contact us at 443-840-2222 or online ccbcmd.edu for more information. CCBC Project Management. Your new career starts now with funding available. 443-840-2222 or ccbcmd.edu. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers started over $60,000 and over $64,000 for lateral officers with $10,000 signing bonuses available. Plus, cadets started over $32,000. Great benefits are available like medical, dental, and vision insurance, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days per calendar year with no limit, career advancement to more than 20 specialized units, and more with further incentives for military service members and veterans. A passion for service, a career for life, with the Baltimore County Police Department. Find out more at joinbaltimorecountypd.com or call 410-887-5542. Must be United States citizen, have a valid driver's license and a high school diploma or GED equivalent. If you miss anything on the show, don't forget that you can watch full episodes at youtube.com slash pressboxonline and you can download podcasts on Apple, iTunes, Amazon, and Grindr. Wait, did I say Grindr? I don't think that you would find it on Grinder. Not that I know it's on Grinder or anything, I swear. On second thought, you know what? I don't care what you think. Here's Glenn. You bet $50 and get up to $1,111 in bonus Fred bets. Go to pressboxonline.com slash offers for bet Fred specials and other great sign-up deals. Again, you got to go to pressboxonline.com slash offers in order to take advantage. All right, we will, uh, we will, I promise, still talk more Lamar throughout the course of the program, but we take a pause right now. Some other significant news today. Uh, University of Maryland's going to have Jameer Young back next season. Let's talk about that. Some other uh, Terp stuff, lacrosse, Final Four. Our buddy Patrick Stevens joins us as he does every Tuesday here on GCR. Patrick, good morning, my friend. How are you? I'm well, Glenn. How are you? Uh, I think it goes without saying that... Um, this is good news for for Kevin Willard. That this is good news for the University of Maryland. That you know Jameer Young might have struggled a little bit at the end of the year. Might not be the greatest player in basketball history, but they stand to be a much better team with a veteran point guard running their offense next season. Yeah, I mean we'll talk about both the sh- the regular season and the postseason, right? Like, I mean, look what look what a difference, especially in a league where there weren't a ton of great guards, yep. a really good guard made last year. So now you've got a fifth-year guy uh, in Jameer Young who just got done having, frankly, a fabulous season. I mean, I thought, I thought he was better than anybody could have hoped he would have been at that level uh, after arriving from Charlotte. And now you're going to have him around for, for, for a bonus year. I think that's a giant win for Maryland uh, to get a guy back that, you know, he was 
obviously could stand to be a little bit better as a three-point shooter. Yep. Uh, but, you know, you still are going to look at almost 16 a game, almost, you know, four and a half rebounds a game. And a guy that, for his career, has scored almost 2,000 points, uh, including more than 500 for Maryland last year. So this is a giant win just for just for the regular season. And now look at, at, at the postseason and look at what happened to all those teams that were built around big guys. Yep. You know, one of the things that doesn't change is, you, you know, A, you have to score to win, and two, it's, it really is a guards tournament year in and year out. And... I think that you look at that and, and you have to say that that is a big, big plus for Maryland. One giant problem solved for them. I mean, if you were to sit there and say which of those guys that they could have gotten back for a fifth year was going to be the most valuable for them, I don't think there was any doubt it would have been Jameer Young. I think there's no question about that whatsoever. Uh, you know, as far as Akeem Hart, you know, sort of dangling his name into every portal other than the idea of coming back to Maryland, I I don't know that it would have hurt Maryland for Hakeem Hart to be back for another year, but I, I, I don't know. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to find the polite way of saying it. it just doesn't seem like it's that big of a deal to me. I mean, somebody's got to play. you got to have minutes come from somewhere, and there were obviously stretches where Hakeem Hart was very helpful and games where he was outstanding, but I just think he was so wildly inconsistent that I don't know that like they're losing sleep over it in College Park today. Yeah, I, I think the, the value that he brought besides being experienced was a guy that, that did have his moments at both ends of the floor. I mean, sure. he, he was a guy that you could kind of use defensively uh, as somebody that, that really could make a difference. Now, at the same time, you, you bring up the inconsistency. I mean, I think you can pin it down to, you know, the last, I don't know, basically, you know, in March. I mean, that, that was really where, where you kind of ran into problems for him. They've had a good game against Indiana in the conference tournament, had a good game in the first round against West Virginia, uh, but really struggled offensively pretty much in every other game the rest of that month. And so, you know, I, I think that at the very least, if you evaluate Hakeem Hart based on what you thought he was going to be when he came in, and particularly during his freshman year, uh, I, I think that turned out to be a, a pretty darn good player for what Maryland got over the last three seasons. I mean, there's a guy that almost scored a thousand points sure. in his career for Maryland, and I, you know, he came in at the same time as Sorrell Smith Jr. And you were thinking, well, wow. Smith's a guy that could come in and hit a bunch of threes and do this, that, and the other. And you know, Smith was gone within a couple of years, and, and Hakeem Hart put together a really nice, solid four-year career. And if he wants to go try to try to ply his way someplace else, more power to him for for having put in the four years that he did at Maryland. Yeah, I think that's all very fair to say. The, the Obviously, they're still waiting on a decision from Dante Scott. I think I've just sort of always operated under the uh, impression that it would be unlikely to me. I I do think, unlike the other two guys, there is some world where Dante Scott could have a legitimate like NBA shot at some point. Not saying in the draft or immediate, but... It, it just he always kind of came off to me as the guy that would be most likely to say, nah, it's, it's time, I need to move on. Yeah, and again, you know, we, we had this conversation last year about Eric Ayala. I mean, like, how much better are you going to get spending another year in college? Um, and, and you kind of felt like he, Ayala at the time was, was basically like that, that, not a finished product, but you knew what he was going to be. And I, and I think in a lot of ways the same is true of Dante Scott. He'll probably, you know, at a, at a, as a next-level guy, spend more time more as a three or a four rather than as a four, four and a five. Uh, and he obviously spent more time than he probably would have liked as a five in College Park. Uh, but I, I do think that for, for him, uh, you know, there's 
you, again, you look at the numbers, right? Like uh, a guy that, that has been pretty consistently in that 11 to 12 and a half point a game range, a guy that's consistently been between five and a half and six and a half rebounds a game over the last three years, a guy that shot 33 and a half percent from three and been lower than that over the last two years, uh, you know, a good player. And I know Maryland would find a use for him, but uh, if he came back for another year, but at the end of the day, uh, that's somebody else that, you know, put in his four years, he started 114 games, which is pretty remarkable for, for this day and age, anybody getting to that number in just four years. So I think, uh, if he wants to come back, he could be useful for Maryland. And if he doesn't, I don't think anybody should be terribly upset. I think I think he I think he's earned his opportunity to go do whatever he wanted to do. Patrick Stevens, Washington Post, USA Lacrosse Magazine, with us here on GCR. Patrick, another year where the Big Ten does not have a representative in the Final Four. Uh, Post pandemic, they have not had a Final Four team. We all know the NCAA championship drought. I got into this conversation with a couple of folks last week in in about how. If you're Kevin Willard, you look about, about building a team because it, it feels like you're going to end up, if you try to build a team specifically for March, you're probably going to take some lumps in Big Ten play going up against bigger teams, more physical teams, and games that are being officiated a certain way. But if you build a team for Big Ten play right now, it doesn't feel like you've got that much of a great chance of doing anything when you get to the NCAA tournament. Like, what's the line between these things and how you put together the correct roster for trying to compete for both things? Well, I think you almost break it down this simply. Do, which, which, what, do your, what do your bosses and what do your fans care about more? Success in the Big Ten or success in the NCAA tournament? And, and, and I think you know the answer. Yes. I think you know the answer to that. Yes. I, I, and I think some of that comes down to you know, the idea of you've only been in this league for a decade, not, e- not even a decade. Yep. At this point. So, you know, why should you be invested in trying to, to be like all these other teams? I-, I think that maybe the single smartest thing that, that Willard has done is try to instill an identity, and we've seen it on the defensive end for sure already, that's just different than all the other teams. You know, it's, it's, it's sort of like the idea of, of being somebody that, you know, in football plays, plays a triple option or in basketball has kind of, a, you know, like a Princeton offense or, or, a, or a, a run and gun type thing. Like just be different. And I think that that makes you a, a bit of a pain to have to prepare for. Uh, but, you know, bigger picture, you know, people care more about what's if, if, fair or not. People care more about what you do in March than, than what you do in January, February. And if you can be good enough to, you know, for example, if you're good enough to do what Iowa's done, right? Like, Iowa's not built like a typical Big Ten team either, and they don't mm-hmm. play like a typical Big Ten team. Now, they've had big guys like a Luca Garza, right. uh, and they've had size, but they're not a typical Big Ten team. And so they've had enough success to be able to get themselves into the tournament. I, I think people, you know, this is not 20 years ago when people cared about beating Duke and Carolina. Like, who really cares, big picture, if you happen to lose a game to Illinois or to Indiana or to Michigan or to Purdue, like there's not as much emotional investment in those games. There is emotional investment on, can you get to the sweet 16? Can you get to the elite eight? Can you get to the final four? I I think that it's very clear what you do. And I remember Willard saying the night of his uh, introductory press conference to a small group of us after he was done with the, 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 the stage and whatnot, well, you know, I know I'm going to be judged in March. Okay, there you go. Right. So you know, so base like, your team uh, on that. Yeah. What? So so just you know, I, I I don't see a reason why you wouldn't try to build yourself 
for March. And if you have enough good players anyway, you're going to get enough of those games in conference play where, okay, maybe you get overwhelmed and, and, and blown off the floor a couple times against a bigger team. Um, but, you know, I, I think also, let's also not kid ourselves on this. You know, the, the style of play in the Big Ten, not the most appealing. Nope. We've seen enough of that over the last nope. decade. But it's just, it's not, it's not a very fun style of basketball to watch for the most part. And so if, if you can do, be different and you can set yourself up to be more successful in March, you should do that. So I guess I would even add to that that the argument would be, hey, but it might be diff- more difficult to make a run if you're going to be a lower seed because you're taking losses in Big Ten play. But if we've learned something from this year, maybe it's not all that difficult to make a Final Four run as a lower seed any longer. It's, it, it, it's, it's chicken, and, chicken and egg here. Yeah. And, and also, I mean, like, you're, you're in for a 20-game slog. Right. Like, that's just kind of the reality of it. And so – and these things cycle around a little bit, too. Like, I mean, we're not that far removed. It's only been six or seven or eight years since you had a year where, where the Big Ten was like a four-bid league team or a five-bid league team or a five-team, five-bid league, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, and <clears throat> ultimately, you know, it, again, I keep coming back to the idea of if what people really care about is what you do in March – then you should just do an, you should worry about what happens in, in January and February, but the eye should be on March, not on, oh my gosh, what happens if we lose to Northwestern? Uh, Patrick, has, is the final for the UConn Invitational that a lot of people around the country believe that it is? I think Miami's pretty good. I agree. I think San Diego State can defend. I, I think Florida Atlantic is utterly fearless. I mean, if we're sitting here saying if, if Connecticut's playing – at its absolute best, then yeah, it'll 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 win both games it plays. But you know, we could have sat here and said a week ago, if Alabama plays at its very best, yep. it's going to win every game it plays. So, you know, I I, I will say this for uh, for Connecticut, you know, you you look at the way that they are playing at both ends of the floor, and it is very impressive. You know, the thing that I keep saying over and over and over again is, you know, and I said it earlier. in in our conversation this morning is you have to score to win. Everybody talks about how defense wins championships, but you have to score to win, which is why, you know, Miami fifth in Ken Palm in adjusted offensive efficiency, I think has a, has a more than legitimate chance at basically just outscoring Connecticut. Uh, I I don't know if, if they're going to be able to win a game in the, the low sixties or something like that, but they could absolutely win a game in the high seventies. Um, Florida Atlantic has been a really good offensive team all season. You don't get to be 35 and three without being pretty good. Sure. San Diego State is a little dicier, you know, and I, I don't know if you're going to be able to win two more games the way that they just won against Creighton. Sure. You know, I don't, I don't know if they can win a game, you know, two games like they did against Charleston. That was a 63 points in about 70 possessions. So, I think that that's the team I probably have bigger concerns with than anybody else in that Final Four. Um, but I absolutely believe that Miami could knock the Huskies off. I just want to just go back to something you said. You believe it's cyclical. Like the, What we're seeing this year isn't necessarily just going to be the story. Like Everybody's trying to paint a narrative here that this is now college basketball in the portal NIL era that you know 
you can win a bunch of games in the regular season, but everybody's exactly equal going into the tournament. This is an example of that. This is the way it's going to be. Anybody in the top 50 teams could make a run in the NCAA tournament. It sounds like what you're saying is you don't think that's just what this season announces, that it's still quite possible that next year it could be a two ones, a two, and a three that are in the Final Four at this point. Absolutely. I mean, I do do think that as long as you have older guys in the system, and it should be pointed out that, like, Florida Atlantic is not built on a ton of old guys that happen to have fifth years. Like, they're just a really good team that happened to play in a league that not a lot of people paid attention to. And by the way, there's two uh, there's two Conference USA teams NIT, that are in the NIT right. Final yeah. Four, and another one and another one won the CBI. So it's so possible for Conference USA to sweep the three postseason tournaments. It's pretty funny. Um, That's pretty. Uh, but you know, I I, I I I am very reluctant to draw like sweeping conclusions about the next ten years or twenty years or whatever based on one or two tournaments and. I don't think that you're that far away from having one or two dominant teams rolling through a season or something like that. It could be a scenario where one or two schools pay the right guys mm-hmm. and they, they, they coalesce into a really good team. I think it's also possible that everybody figures out what they need to figure out about this, which is, you know, everybody talks about portal and NIL, right? Like just sort of like the, the twin towers, if you will. And, you can use one of those to solve the other if you're creative and are willing to make a break from the past, which is to say, you know, if you basically accept that players are effectively employees, then you can solve your portal problem by signing guys to multi-year, by signing guys to multi-year contracts. Yeah. Like that's, that's how, that's how it would work. Right. Right. Like in your contract, the contract theoretically, and I'm, I'm spitballing, but it would be something along the lines of you, you could turn pro, but you couldn't play for another Correct. college or something. Correct. Or, or at that point, represent another college would be the more accurate word. Um, and that's ultimately where I think things are going to have to go, that you're going to have to use one and embrace one to solve the other. And then you're looking at any sort, any number of things that you could, you could dig into as to, well, how is, what's the trajectory of this? I think there's a lot of unknowns that still need to be solved here in the coming years. Um, that's fascinating. It, it's that's a really fascinating way that this could turn. Uh, before we get to the game, let me dip into the lacrosse a little bit, and and really specifically, I you know Loyola comes back home. I'll see them on Saturday. It, what happened last week? Like what? And really, what's been going on in the third quarter for them? Kind of almost all season at this point, particularly in road games where they just kind of melted. Yeah, I mean, let's face it. They they haven't been playing particularly great since they, frankly, since they went, they beat Hopkins. Right. Right? They lost, at, lost at Rutgers, needed overtime to beat Towson, beat Lafayette, got hammered at Duke, but I thought that said more about Duke, yep. survived a game at Bucknell, and then got doubled up at Army. So it's a great question as to <laughs> as to what's up there. Um you know, I think some of it is is that Army's pretty good too. Sure. We, you know, every year we kind of forget about, oh yeah, that team that has like a dozen different midfielders that can create problems for you, <laughs> and there they were creating problems. So, you know, I think uh, I think one thing that that I'm sure Charlie Toomey was less than thrilled with was getting doubled up on faceoffs as well. I'm sure he was less than thrilled about going 0 for four on the extra man while Army went two or three on the extra man. Uh, I think there's just some things that they need to fix, and we've seen. Just the last two years, we've seen a Loyola team that's figured out how to fix things, and we've seen a Loyola team that didn't figure out how right. to fix things. Right. Um, and so, 
you know, that's a little bit of a concern. I, I do think that Saturday provides the opportunity um, to work through some things because, I mean, just to be perfectly candid, Holy Cross is really, really struggling. And so that's a team that if, if, if Loyola needs to work through some things and tinker with some things, it can get away with doing that much more than it can later in the month against BU and Georgetown and Lehigh, let alone against a Navy team that, that probably is, is going to be playing a Super Bowl or two here at some point this month, given the way its season's gone. Yeah, it's been rough. There's no question about that. All right, let's get into our game. Can Patrick Stevens name the MLB teams that this particular player has played for? I have for you a four-time All-Star and a three-time All-Star this week, and I have to admit they were both difficult for me. So we will see how it goes for you. The first one is a catcher, a four-time All-Star. The four teams, for I believe he's now a horse racing analyst, Paul LaDuca. Paul LaDuca was a Florida Marlin. Most certainly. He was an L.A. Dodger. Absolutely. He was a New York Med. That's correct. And do I remember him? Well, it's an NL East team, I'm pretty sure, is where we're, we're going to go with that. I will confirm. Uh, he was a national, right? Was, that's four for four on Paul. Of course you would go four for four on Paul LaDuca. Of course you would. Sure, why not? I couldn't right. remember if he had if he had popped up with the Braves at some point. No. But. Uh, all right, then try to give me the four teams for a three-time All-Star and a two-time Gold Glove Award winner. Grady Sizemore is the next one. Oof. Okay, well, Grady Sizemore was definitely in Cleveland, yes, right? Yes, most certainly. And I believe he was in Oakland? No, not Oakland. Oh. Not Oakland. Oh, clearly I should have gone to Boston. Boston for sure, yes. Boston for sure. Um, did he debut with Montreal? He never actually played. He was in the, okay. the Cologne, the Cliff Lee. He was that, in that, that, he was in that deal, system. Yes. yes. Let's let's uh, be, because uh, because we're we're playing this game. Why don't we just throw out the Dodgers for the hell? I, you know, well. it's a hell of an idea. I thought you would remember him as a Philly. I thought that would be one that you would would trigger you. In fourteen and fifteen, he was with the Phillies. I definitely do not remember him making a cameo with the Rays at the end of his career. I remember that zero, but. It does sound – actually, it sounds like something the Rays would have done a decade earlier, if I'm being honest. Uh-huh. It sounds like that type of Rays move. All right, sir, what's on the docket for you this week? Uh, Virginia and Duke down in Charlottesville Ooh, on that's Friday. A, that's Rutgers a biggie. And Hopkins yeah. on Saturday. So a good combination of games uh, after catching uh, – after catching Georgetown Lehigh and Penn State Maryland the other day, so that was that Penn State Maryland game was a little more interesting than I thought it was going to be there for a minute. It, it was two different. It was two different games. Yeah, right. It was it was a, a first half that was kind of back and forth, and then neither team had anything in the tank, and Maryland just sort of squeezed the life out of Penn State yep. in the last thirty minutes. So yeah, I got to watch a bit of that one. That was it was interesting. At Discourse, D1S Course on Twitter is how you follow him. And, of course, uh, Washington Post, USA Lacrosse Magazine. Patrick, appreciate you, my friend. We'll talk again next Tuesday. Awesome. Take care. Thanks, buddy. Patrick Stevens with us here on GCR. We will uh, stay right here and uh, move things along on a Tuesday edition of the program. Today's show is also brought to you by Birdland Sports. Still time for you to get your orders in and have your gear before the home opener. So if you want a 2023 World Series Champs t-shirt, if you want the Birds Are Coming t-shirt with the Oriole Bird uh, doing his best Omar impression, 
the Birdland Sports is by Birds fans for Birds fans. The gear is just as good as the big guys, and yet the prices are cheaper. In fact, the gear is better because it's more fun, it's more creative, it's more clever. Every time I post a shirt from Birdland Sports, everybody's like, oh, dude, I got to have that. I'm like, yeah, I know. So go to birdlandsports.com and get your order in today, and I still promise you will have it before next Thursday and the home opener. All right, uh, into hour number two of the program. Our next guest, who is very much the king of all media in Indianapolis, he says the Colts should be making this move. The Colts should be diving in to the Lamar Jackson waters. He's now with The Athletic. He is our friend Bob Kravitz, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Bob, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's always great to catch up. Thank you for taking the time for us this morning. My pleasure. King of all media in Indianapolis. Oh, put that on my business card. Bob, you know that's true. You've done everything in that market, man. We've been talking to you for forever. You are the king out there. Um, I, I, I am old. <laughs> I, was trying to, I was trying to purposely not say that, though, Bob. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was trying to yeah, avoid cool. that part. Um, I, you know, I, if I were doing your job today, I would be saying the exact same thing. I, I, I'm yeah. befuddled by why teams wouldn't be in on Lamar Jackson. Oh, and I, I, I am not befuddled, not in a slide. Sorry to cut you off, okay. but I am not befuddled for the simple reason. Uh, owners do not want to pay guaranteed contracts sure, sure. and they are, they are going to collude or do whatever they have to do. I mean, Jim Ursay made it very clear last night down in Glendale, Arizona, at the owners' meetings. He said he's got the money. He just doesn't want to pay guaranteed cash. And that's the bottom line. And I got news for you. If they think that Deshaun Watson was an anomaly, they got another thing coming. Because Joe Burrow is coming up. A lot of these great young quarterbacks are coming up for contracts. And the Pandora's box has been opened. Do you think that if Lamar Jackson were truly on an open market right now, right, if the teams weren't convinced that Lamar, the Ravens would just match whatever offer was out there, or that they didn't have to give up, you know, right now on the the idea was that it was going to be two first round picks and a franchise tag. If it's a trade, it would probably have to be more than that. Do you think right. that if it was just an open market, that whether it's the Colts or someone else, someone would say? Look, I know this is going to piss off the rest of the league, but I'm not walking out there with Jacoby Brissett as my quarterback next season. If that's what it takes, I'm just going to go ahead and do it in order to get my guy because otherwise my franchise is going to be mostly irrelevant next season. Well, I mean, when you say an open market, are we still talking about we still talking about guaranteed contract or, or, or not? Or at least $200 million. So the, the, the only credible report that we've had, and I have been told mm-hmm. – Bob, by you know a source closer to Lamar's camp, that it didn't have to be fully guaranteed. I know okay. Fl- Florio put out last week that he had heard that it had to be at least two hundred fully guaranteed or four hundred guaranteed. Okay. It didn't have to be fully guaranteed, but two hundred had to be guaranteed. And to okay. Florio's credit, he got the other half of his report right. So, you know, I'm I'm willing to buy that and say there's probably something there. And based on what I have done in reporting, I'm listening to it as well. That two right now, the most he's gotten in an offer is 133 million guaranteed. Deshaun Watson got 230. Right. He wants 200. Right, right. Now look, I mean, this is a quarterback-driven league, and you know, I mean, you know, it's really weird to go on Twitter and and try to capture the you know the pulse of indie fans. I've never seen people who are so afraid to spend somebody else's money. Mm-hmm. It's the strangest thing, but. Uh, 
in a quarterback driven league in an AFC that's absolutely loaded, uh, I would do what I had to do to get Lamar Jackson. Uh, was he 46 and 15 with not the greatest support offensively? I think uh, to me, it would be a no brainer. I mean, how many people were interested in Derek freaking Carr? And people forget Kirk Cousins got a guaranteed contract a couple of years ago for, I think it was $85 million. Yep. Granted, it's not 200 but, you know, I didn't hear this hue and cry, but how could you pay $85 million guaranteed to, a, you know, a slightly better than average quarterback? I, I agree. It's really interesting, right? And somebody would say, hey, White's different about these two guys. And I, hmm. you know, I I, 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 yeah. I I get it. I get why that would be the question that some people would ask. Bob Kravitz is with us from The Athletic. We will link up his story on our Twitter account, at Glenn Clark Radio. Uh, Bob, I, it sounds like what you're saying is as much as you think they should, you They st- won't. Yeah, correct. <laughs> they, they, they won't because – this is an Ur- I mean, Ursay is going to make the final call, and he fancies himself as a as an old school owner, um, you know, as a Mara, as a Rooney, even as a Hallis. And it's all about protecting the brand and making sure that uh, this little game they got going on, where they don't have to pay guaranteed contracts to athletes in the most dangerous sport of all the four major sports. Um, they, they want to protect that at all costs. Believe me, Jimmy Haslam of the Browns is not popular at cocktail parties. No doubt. Uh, among NFL owners, I can promise you that. No doubt. I, I believe that to be true. Let me, let, me, let me go to this. If So as of right now, Lamar Jackson requesting a trade is far different than Lamar Jackson demanding a trade, right? Like, it, it's, to me, still just part of the process. I'm trying to get what I want. If you guys don't want to pay it to me, see if somebody else will be willing to pay it to me. Right. If if no one is, and Lamar gets to a point where he does decide, but I'm pissed off at the Ravens, and I'll take their deal, but I'll take it from someone else. If the money came down, do you think the Colts would be willing to part ways with the number four pick in order to trade for Lamar Jackson? Well, I think they prefer to do it after the draft and move their 24 and 25 picks um which will i would yeah, it won't be as high as four certainly right. i think they'd rather not part with four but if that's what they got to do i mean for crying out loud they gave up a first and a third for carson Wentz. freaking Wentz. right you know i mean here's a guy who uh i mean i don't have to tell you about lamar i mean he's, he's an elite player you know you can you can question this that and the other thing uh certainly durability has been a bit of an issue the last two years but this is this is a game changer, this guy. And I, I hear people say, well, he hasn't been good in the playoffs. If you read my column, yep. check out the first four or five games of Peyton Manning. Yep. Awful. Awful. He didn't win his first playoff game until his sixth year. I, I saw, and I'm I've I, that's come up a few times, by the way, in conversation in our city, Bob, and I get it. I th- To me, the, the problem is the Ravens still have to be willing to make a trade too, right? And they have to have a quarterback right. in this process. So. I, while, while I get to say, hey, the Colts would prefer to be the next couple of picks, I, I just don't think there's any world where the Ravens can do that because then they don't have a quarterback. Right, because they right? got to get a quarterback. Yeah, so I, I think right. the, the four is the one thing that like, – I, I did a hit with the, 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 the Vegas guys this morning, VEASAN, and they were bringing all these teams up, and I just kept saying, like, no, the Ravens can't the, – the Ravens can't take Ryan Tannehill as their quarterback. They can't take right. Mac Jones as their quarterback. 
But if it was the fourth pick, like Indianapolis is the one that has come off as at least viable to me because it would guarantee that they could draft a quarterback. You bring it up with the Colts. Are you sure that you're in love with the guy that might be the fourth guy? Because as you point out, that the Cardinals could move the third pick to somebody else who needs a quarterback. Exactly. So you have to be in love with all four of them because it could be the fourth that you get. But at least it would give you that opportunity to draft a quarterback, whereas any of these other trades that we're talking about – you know, you taking on Tua Tungavailoa, you're worried about Lamar Jackson's durability, and you're going to take on Tua Tungavailoa. You're taking on, right. you know, Trey Lance, who's played – he started five games in three years as a quarterback. Like, I, I, I don't know. Indianapolis still comes off to me as the most viable of the ones that the Ravens would consider of all of these things because it would give you the opportunity to draft a quarterback. Right, right. And uh, I know in the Athletics' uh, uh, most recent mock, they actually have uh, Young falling to the Colts at four, which I think sounds is great. <laughs> utterly, utterly absurd. And you know, from your lips to God's ears, but <laughs> I don't see that one happening uh, in any way, shape, or form. He's got uh, he's got uh, Houston taking uh, Anthony Richardson, which seems outlandish to me. Wow, that but is, anyway, that's, no. And to your point, Daniel Jeremiah was just screaming to me that Bryce Young is the best quarterback in this draft. So, yes. I mean, like yeah. that sounds amazing if it would work out that way, and you'd be very happy. But I don't, you know, again, you got to be prepared for it to be any of the four for that to be the case. Um, right. Uh, Bob, do you feel like this, is there any chance, if Lamar Jackson stays, you brought up, you know, the idea of what could be next, and could there be another quarterback? I was I was talking. Um, oh gosh, I don't, and I am going to blank on who it was that I was talking about this with um, from Anscape Griffin. You can try to Bill Roden. Bill Roden, of course, who's a you know a legend. In oh, Bill business. Roden, sure. Um, and Bill Roden said this would all change if one of these other guys, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts, if just one of them said, "I'm going to join the fight with Lamar Jackson," I'm I'm going to fight for fully guaranteed money too. And then all of a sudden, uh, when, when their time comes up, yeah, right, correct. And then all of a sudden, absolutely, these teams can't. You can't. You can't blackball everybody. You you can't. You, you got to have quarterbacks. Somebody's got to play. The tooth, the toothpaste is out of the tube. You know, I mean, you, you're not going to get it back in there. Uh, as much as they want everybody to believe that Deshaun Watson was a complete anomaly, no, it was a trend-setting uh, contract. And now every guy, uh, including especially the guys that you mentioned, are all going to ask for guaranteed money. And damn it, they should. Uh, I'm not saying that everybody should get a guaranteed contract with a 53-man roster, et cetera. That's probably difficult to do. But for your superstars who put butts in the seats, especially quarterbacks, you know, they deserve deserve, uh, guaranteed contracts. And this is all the owners colluding. Uh, to to make sure that their way of life is sustained. There's no chance that if we said, hey, it's Lamar Jackson for all of the Colts' history and records, uh, that we'd be able to make that trade happen. Get over it! You don't think that? (laughs) It's never going to happen, Bob. It's never... Never going to happen that we're not going to be bothered uh, anytime okay. we see John Unitas linked with the Indianapolis Colts. It's just the, I know, I, and I'm and I'm painful. 40 and I don't get, I can't actually even get it. I just know how much it hurts my father, so I'm going to keep the fight up for him. That's the Well, I'm sure he appreciates it. Yeah. 
Uh, B. Kravitz on Twitter is how you follow. And Bob Kravitz, always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you for taking a few minutes for us this morning. Thank you. Appreciate it. Bob Kravitz from The Athletic, uh, based out in Indianapolis. And to me, it's the viable one, right? I I literally, in this segment I did with Easton this morning, they just went through all these teams. They just went through all the odds, right? That's that's what they do. (laughs) They do betting. And they're like, hey, and it's not, Indianapolis is not the favorite. I'm trying to remember who they had as the favorite. God, I don't even remember now who was listed. As, maybe Washington was listed as the favorite. Well, at Ron every, Rivera just at said. At every turn. At every turn, they're doing everything in their power to continue to say. Martin Mayhew, Ron Rivera, every single one of them is continuing to say, we're not doing it. Mm-hmm. Again, I, I, don't, I don't think that they would say we're going to do it if they actually were in on the conversation. They're trying desperately to get you to believe that they're not doing it. I don't see VSIN's odds, but uh, I see well, I don't plus think... 250 at the Lions. The Lions is the, the Lions. favorite? On BetUS. Oh, that's really Let me make sure I'm not looking at this. Okay, this was from three weeks ago. Yeah. Two weeks ago. Two I don't, weeks ago. It wasn't the Lions they brought up with me this morning. Again, I don't think... VEASAN doesn't do the book themselves. They're a network. It was... Uh, I have bookies.com. Yeah. Uh, plus 400 is the lead for the Titans. The Titans came up in this plus conversation this morning. Plus 450 Vikings, plus 500 Ravens. Plus 500... Patriots. Wait, they have the, the so they have. Hang on a second. They include the Ravens and don't have the Ravens the, as the favorites. Well, I gotta get some Ravens plus five hundred. Yeah, Ravens. I would definitely make that bet. <laughs> like if I can get Ravens at plus five hundred, I'm making that bet. I, I, maybe I'm not as high as Josh Charles is, but I definitely said I'm over fifty percent. Like I, I said, I guess um, somebody put out win totals yesterday and had the Ravens at eight and a half, and I was like, I would bet, I would definitely bet the over right now because there's still a chance that Lamar Jackson is back. And if he is, you're definitely going to assume that they'll hit the over total. Even if he's not, there's a chance that they could find their way over eight and a half. I definitely put an eight and a half over bet on the Ravens at this point. Um, they have the Titans as the favorites. Yeah, I'm now I'm on Fox Sports, which uh, released something yesterday at three fifty. They're uh, plus two fifty Colts. So that's the top. It's ever, it's everything's that's a, different. That's really interesting. Yeah. The numbers are so all over the place. Odds right? checker has. Colts plus two twenty five, Patriots plus four fifty, Falcons six hundred, Lions six fifty. And whose was yours? Yeah. Right now I'm on Fox Sports. Well, it's a fi- so it's got to be an actual book. Actual so book it's got to be a Fanduel because some of these are just people that are guessing, right? right. So it's got to be an actual book, a, a DraftKings, a Fanduel, William, somebody that you can actually bet with because then they're they 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 are forced at that point to try to make the numbers as credible as possible. When you're just writing a story at Fox, you can put out whatever numbers you want to put out because there's no penalty to it, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, the Tennessee thing, again, who is your quarterback? You're not getting a quarterback with the 11th pick in the draft. I- is there a point at which this becomes so poisonous the Ravens have no choice but to just take whatever the best offer is? Perhaps. If Lamar Jackson makes it incredibly clear to them, I will never play another game for you. I don't care what your offer is. I don't care what the offers are for someone else. I will never be a Baltimore Raven again. Which, again, no matter how many times you guys keep tweeting, well, it's clear there's a disconnect between these teams. Yeah, there is. You know what solves that? Money. Money is what solves those things. And as I said earlier when we were talking to Josh, like, you can say, well, why should the Ravens overpay? At some point, you overpay to not deal with this. That you're overpaying because you'd like to be able to talk about DeAndre Hopkins. And you can't, you'd like to be able to bring back Calais Campbell. 
at some point you overpay because you acknowledge that it's hurting you. It's costing you something. There is a tangible cost to not overpaying at this point. The value of overpaying is we can move on as a franchise. Now, again, they don't look like they have any interest in doing that. So where do we go from here? If they're making a trade, it's got to involve a quarterback. It would have to be utterly poisonous. They'd have to get to a point where they knew damn well Lamar Jackson was never going to play for them again, and it was going to screw them eternally, and they just had to get as much as they possibly could in return for him. That's when you would start thinking about, but I, I don't think you could do that before the draft. So I don't, at, I guess at that point, it kind of doesn't matter who you're making the deal with. It's just whoever has the best offer because you're accepting. But if you're making a trade before the draft, you've got to be getting a pick that provides you the opportunity to draft a quarterback. Or you've got to be getting a quarterback. If the Bears wanted to talk about Justin Fields, I'd rather have Lamar Jackson, but he's we'll talk about yeah. it. I could get why it would be intriguing to the Bears. All of a sudden, I, I keep saying this, the Bears with Lamar Jackson are the second or best team in the NFC at that point? Probably. Like, they've got other problems. I, mean, I get it. But, like, I, the Bears with Lamar Jackson are very intriguing. So the Bears wanted to talk about it. If they wanted to have a conversation about, you know, Justin Fields and the ninth pick, that's a hell of a price to pay. But all of a sudden, now you've got a quarterback that you at least believe is viable and you've got a top 10 pick to use on anything to upgrade your football team? A Christian Gonzalez? Uh, the, the best wide receiver yeah. in the draft? Your choice of wide receivers in the draft? I mean, I'm listening. I'm listening at that point. But it's either got to be a pick that can get you a quarterback or it's got to be a quarterback. This... New England cannot provide either of those things. Tennessee cannot provide either of those things. You don't want to ride the uh, Malik Willis train? No. <laughs> Absolutely not. I, I I, don't really want to do Trey Lance, but at least, again, I could get to a point where I could say, maybe, like, if, if you are getting into desperate times as you get closer to the start of the season, and that's, what, that's what's out there, you can roll the dice that maybe Trey Lance could be that guy. I'm... I'm concerned about how little football he's played over the last three years. If you do, he's played one season actually in his life. In his life, he's played one full season. He was the starter for one full season at North Dakota State. Don't discredit his uh, high school years. Thank you. That's a great yeah. point. <laughs> Go ahead, Charles. I'm sorry. If I you do it. start seeing teams like um, the Titans, the Vikings, Patriots, with like kind of already established, they are what they are. Quarterbacks. Does that? Does that mean it does look desperate for the Ravens? Like, Say that again. If you start seeing teams like the Titans with Tannehill, Vikings with Cousins, uh, Patriots with Mac Jones, mm -hmm. like kind of like established they are what they are quarterbacks, kind of rise to the top of the list for the sweepstakes, does, it, does that then seem like it's desperation for the Ravens? Desperation? I don't know. Or they're at, like they, now, still, they still don't have to make the trade. Like, they don't have to take any of these deals. I, I get it. Lamar's got to sign a tender at some point. He's got to, like, be willing to play. I, I guess what well, you're then, saying is once these teams with quarterbacks begin to get the sense that Lamar will not be coming back to the Ravens. Oh, do you think they, I'm reading they, into that then yeah. at that point? 
No, not. I mean, again, it would have to be different. The betting mar- is the betting market telling me that. <laughs> if the betting market is telling me there's a reason to believe that the Vikings are legitimately the favorites to land Lamar Jackson, I, I got to poke around about that a little bit. It, but, but it's got to be a legitimate betting market. It's just interesting to see like AFC teams, like even the Titans and Patriots, starting to like creep up on people's radars of like. Well, they're, they're the, not out of the. They realm. don't. I I get the idea. They don't. They are not set at quarterback. So they, of course, should be in on a Lamar Jackson sweepstakes. But is it reflecting the Ravens' side of that? I don't know. I, I don't know. The Ravens can't just say, fine, we'll live not having a quarterback. I mean, if they do, if that's what they end up saying, this will go down as fireable for all of them. Everyone, Steve Bishotti included. I know you can't fire an owner, but all of them should be fired if that's where we end up getting. All right, we, uh, we got to get a break. Max Williams is going to join us here in a minute. Today's show was brought to you by the Stan the Fan Variety Hour, which was back last night. Stan the Fan and Ross Grimsley chatting with Ken Singleton. If you missed it, find it right now. Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports, YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline, or PressBoxOnline.com slash video. Max Williams, Ed Block Courage Awards are coming up this Saturday night. Former Raven joins us next, Glenn Clark Radio. Baseball season is finally here, and what better way to celebrate than with some fresh gear from Birdland Sports. As a small business run by O's fans, Birdland Sports offers a great selection of unofficial merchandise, including unique designs like Birds Are Coming tees, player cartoon shirts, and championship prediction designs. And the best part? Their prices are more affordable than the big guys. Get high-quality gear without breaking the bank. So whether you're heading to the ballpark or watching from home, show your love for the birds with Birdland Sports. Visit Birdland Sports sports.com today to browse their collection and gear up for the season let's go o's whether your focus is luxury and comfort convenience and technologically advanced connectivity or sporty performance and aggressive styling we've got the perfect highlander for you check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new highlanders from your local toyota dealer today have you experienced hardship due to covid19 ccbc is here to help with funding available for short-term career programs you can get back on your feet in no time start Starting this March, become a certified apartment maintenance technician to secure your future. CCBC's program offers hands-on training and prepares you for a rewarding career in the growing field of property management. Don't wait any longer. Call 443-840-2222 or online at ccbcmd.edu for more details. CCBC, apartment maintenance technician. Your new career starts now with funding available. 443-840-2222. 2222 or ccbcmd.edu. Another Orioles season is in the books, and the bat around was there every step of the way as the Birds posted their first winning season in six years. And after promoting two number one overall prospects in Adley Rutschman and Gunnar Henderson, Mike Elias has said it's liftoff from here. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and along with my co-host Zach Goodman, we'll be here every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon all off-season, discussing every signing, trade, and waiver claim as we navigate the cold winter months that lead the spring training. You can watch us at youtube.com slash pressboxonline and facebook.com slash pressboxsports or listen live at pressboxonline.com slash radio. And if you miss a show, you can find us anywhere you get your podcasts. So tune into the Bat Around with Paul Valley and Zach Goodman 
every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon right here at PressBox Sports. Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food, 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn, over 4100 North Point Boulevard. If you need more of Glenn, you can also hear him every Sunday with Rita on 105.7 The Fan. But also, if you need more of Glenn, um, what's wrong with you? Back in here on GCR as we continue along on a Tuesday edition of the program. Baseball gets underway officially on Thursday. Make your bets with Bet Fred, and if you bet $50, you can get up to $1,111 in bonus Fred bets. But in order to take advantage of that, you got to go to pressboxonline.com slash offers. That's pressboxonline.com slash offers. Click on the Bet Fred logo, and you can get signed up for that great deal and plenty of other excellent specials that are available, not only from Bet Fred, but all of Maryland's sports books. The Ed Block Courage Awards come up this Saturday night, and uh, myself and former Raven Wally Williams will be your hosts for the Ed Block Courage Awards. I'm really looking forward to uh, being a part of it. It's been an event that I have been around for years, and there have been incredible stories over the years. It's really fun that our next guest is going to be back. Uh, it's great to welcome him back to the program. He is former Ravens tight end and the Arizona Cardinals Ed Block Courage Award winner for 2022. He is Max Williams, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Max, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's great to catch up with you, man. Thank you for taking the time for us this morning. Yeah, of course. I'm, I'm glad you guys had me. Hey, man, it's great to hear from you. It's been a long time. Um, I, I know 2021 was tough for you, right, because you were playing damn good football, and all of a sudden, you know, this is the nature of the business, right? Like, you know what you're getting into. You've been playing this game for a long time. Injuries are a part of the story. What does it mean to you that your teammates recognized you, saw the work that you were putting in, and wanted to see you get an honor to reflect that? Yeah, I mean, obviously, like you said, 2021 didn't, uh, didn't end the way I was hoping. Yeah. That's for sure. And uh, especially when it happened, I didn't know if I was ever going to play again. And then coming back, playing with drop foot, and just kind of that whole process, and then uh, – hearing from guys on the team like JJ and guys like Ertz, the older guys that I've always looked up to telling me how they saw what I was doing with the injury I had and how I had the drive to keep playing and how it inspired them to keep going through some stuff. And I was to hear that from them in person and be nominated for the award was, uh, it felt really good inside for me personally, just, uh, kind of like stand out to those guys that I could do something to inspire them. It just made me feel really good. That's, that's powerful. I can hear some emotion there, Max. Like it, it's, yeah. I, I, I think it's, it, I, some people say, okay, so somebody got, it's, it's real to know that your teammates recognize, I, I, in a way, every time I talk to somebody about this, it's so much more powerful that it's been from your teammates because you know what you're going through on a day-to-day basis. And I, I, when you bring up, I didn't know if my career was over. That's really powerful to me because I imagine it's a dark feeling. It is a really, really difficult feeling. And there's got to be something that's particularly special for everybody else to say, dude, we appreciate. We appreciate every ounce 
of effort that you put in and grinding your way through something like this. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what kind of it's all about is your teammates. I mean, we spend so much time together. I mean, people don't realize how much time we spend in the building, in meetings, watching film together, practicing, lifting, the, the amount of time we spend together. So when you get nominated for award from your teammates, like you said, it's it, it's special, especially for someone like me where I really appreciate the game and I appreciate what it means to me to be in the NFL because I know how special it is. So just to have that whole overall experience with your teammates and to be able to get through this stuff kind of together. Because even in the hard times in the offseason when you're rehabbing, the other guys, they're there. They're there to push you. You're there to push them to support each other when it sucks and it's hard and it hurts. And I think that's why things like Ed Block Award are so special to everyone. Um, it's powerful to hear you talk about it, man. Is it, is it is there something more special about it because you realize you're going to be able to come back to ball? Like, is there, a, is there a full circle feeling about coming back here where I have no doubt you still have friends, there are still places you'd like to visit when you get a couple days in town? Was there something about that that knowing, hey, I'm going to be back in Baltimore to do this was kind of special for you as well? It was. It is. When I uh, found I was coming out to Baltimore for the ceremony, it, would, it did give me a nice little kind of smile. And kind of like, you know, you know, get a little excited because it, it is where it all started for me. And obviously my four years there, I got hurt the one time pretty bad and didn't go the way I wanted with that. But that's how the cards fall on me in Arizona. But it's just kind of fun to go back to where it all started, see all my friends I had and made there and, you know, just kind of experience it one more time for sure. That's awesome, man. That is awesome. Max Williams is with us. Again, the Ed Block Courage Awards are this Saturday night. Max, um, when I think about that, right, like your story, and I know, like it has been, it has been trials. I remember talking to you while you're in Baltimore. Like you're, there, there was a lot of expectation for you, and it, you know, it's fair, unfair, whatever it is, when you're not, you know, producing like a Rob Gronkowski. That's is, is there part of you that is proud of being able to say, look, here we are a decade later, and I have proven myself. Like I. The Ravens were right to invest the way they did on me. I have proven at every turn that I can do this at this level. Yeah, I mean, I mean I'm mean, i open enough to say that, yeah, obviously I don't think my career went the way I imagined it when I was coming out of college with the injuries and what's happened that way. But I think what I did and what I'm proud of most of my own self so far is just being able to adapt and make it through eight years in the NFL now with everything that's happened and yeah. – feel like I can look myself in the mirror and tell all my friends and tell my kids like yeah I feel like I had a successful NFL career and it's not over yet hoping well, to look good again play again next year we'll, we'll talk about that in I, a I love this game yeah we're gonna talk about that man the Ravens lost a tight end this offseason so we're gonna have a conversation here in a second about that um Max what when you say that you didn't know like that you wondered about your own future what drove you like what kept you from just saying man, maybe it's not worth it. Maybe I've been through enough and, you know, I don't, I don't know. Like, what what prevented you from, from moving over to sort of the dark side of saying, I, I'm done, it's it's not worth it for me to keep grinding this way? I think my support system. I mean, obviously my wife had my back and supported me every single day from being on, almost seven months pregnant when I got my injury and didn't know what was going to happen, had full drop foot, couldn't feel from my knee down on the front of my leg and, she was there through all of it supporting me and then my parents and my sisters and my brother-in-laws. I mean, I've had such an amazing support system through all my family and all my family, friends at home, my whole career. And those are the people I turned to. I mean, in the worst times when I was like, I, I can't even get up and walk out of bed normal without a lot. It was a long recovery. And 
turning to those people just for the support and then trying to figure out if I was going to play again. I'm asking my wife and my parents and what they thought and their opinions. And in the end, it came down. They told me it was my choice and they were okay with whatever because I had to do what I thought was right. And my ultimate deciding factor on why I finally turned the corner, where I told myself was I couldn't live with myself or look at my kids and tell them I tried or look at myself in the mirror if I didn't go out and try to do it. Like, if I could come back from the injury and I just couldn't play football anymore, but I knew I gave it everything I had, I could live with that. But I couldn't live with not knowing, if that makes sense. No, I completely understand that, right? Like, if you go through it, what you just said is really powerful to me, actually. If you go through it all and it doesn't work, you did everything in your power, right? Like, you did everything that you could. You'd be able to live with yourself. You'd say, it sucks. I hate the fact that it ended this way. But it's not about me. I, I, I can look myself in the mirror and say I did everything I could possibly do in order to try to get back from this and continue playing football. And that's, that's how it was. It was. In the end, they all told me it was my choice, and you said it best. It was what could I do to make it happen. And I could live with myself knowing that if I had everything inside me trying, and they looked at me and said, Max, you just can't do it anymore. Okay. okay. Yep. Move on. Next step in life. Go yep. be the best father I can. Figure yep. out what I want to do. Second career and move on. It's powerful. Had a great ride. That's power- Loved it. It's powerful to hear you talk so openly about that, man. It's it. it I like the emotion in your voice, man. I, this is so real to me, and it's what makes the Ed Block Courage Awards so special. Is I, I don't know that the average person understands. You're you're not alone. Like there's a lot of guys that are going through these types of things. And are dealing with this, and it's a real and and for a lot of people, you're a transaction, right? Like, oh, right, you know, there's Max, but like this is this is incredibly real life stuff, and I encourage everybody. We're gonna be telling these stories on Saturday night at the Ed Block Courage Awards, um, the Renaissance Harbor Place Hotel for the cocktail party and reception on Saturday night. There are still ways for you to be involved. Go to edblock.org in order to find out more. If you'd like to sponsor a tape, I still think there's a few opportunities still available for you to be involved with the Ed Block Awards this weekend. Um, Max, if I could, take me back to 2018. A, uh, a rookie quarterback shows up and hangs out for a little while. Did you have, like, did you know, even after you guys had gone on that run late in the season, did you know? Dude, this guy is about to be an absolute superstar. Or were you still like, man, he's fun. I, I, I don't know how this is all going to work out for Lamar. I mean, I think everyone, the day, so I remember when he was drafted. I remember the first day he came in the facility. I remember all the guys that were there, we were talking, we we're like, this kid's special. Wow. I mean, you could just tell from day one, not even from like his athletic ability, because that's like, it's like watching playing video games. He's just unbelievably amazingly talented. But it wasn't even that. It was just his passion and his love for the game. I mean, I tell everyone, it doesn't matter if it's the fourth preseason game with three seconds left on the clock and it's fourth and 40. Lamar's trying to win that game no matter what. He is running the ball, diving, spinning. Like, just his true passion, we knew it. He was going to be a superstar. Um, did, you, uh, did you say to yourself, man, maybe a uh... – Maybe I should go out of my way to try to end up sticking around in Baltimore somehow. Did it, like, did it make it more difficult for you to ultimately move on? Oh, obviously. But back then, I mean, Boyle was in the prime of his career. Yeah, I mean, he's yeah. a beast. I mean, Boyle in his prime is arguably one of the best blocking tight ends, I think, in the history of the game. So, I mean, I think that was an easy choice for Baltimore back then with Mark and Hayden being rookies and then Mark playing at his prime. It's interesting you bring up Boyle because he's now gone. I love Nick. Like Nick's one of my favorite people on the planet, but he's now gone. 
Josh Oliver, who had an outstanding season a year ago, is now gone. The Ravens still have plenty at the tight end position, as you bring up. Mark Andrews, and we really like what we saw from Isaiah Likely a year ago and think he's a star. But there might be room in there for kind of a blocking tight end. Um, is it all intriguing to you that maybe while you're around this weekend, perhaps you you maybe stuck over to Owings Mill, say something to somebody like, hey, don't forget, I, I am available again at this point. If you are oh, hey, I would love it. I would love the opportunity. Anything, you know, to go back, have another year in Baltimore, just to go back for all start, I would love it. You would hear no complaints from me going back. You know, it's so funny. I Brent Urban, I was talking to Brent last week, and, and he talked that, like, it was actually more special to him this time. Like, it meant more to him being back in Baltimore after the other places he had gone than it meant the first time. Like, he had more appreciation for it at that point. Do you feel like there would be something kind of neat and full circle about it if it worked to work out that way? I think it would just be so much more fun to also to, like, experience it as in, like, a, almost an NFL vet. Because I, I was so young when I was there, left after my fourth year. And the league changes as you get older, and you see it through different eyes. Yeah. And like how Brent said, different perspectives on everything. So I think it would be actually a lot of fun to go back and just kind of, you know, re-experience it, I guess would be the word for it. Is there any way to make it a package deal with you and Hopkins? Is there any way that we could, like, are you guys close enough that we could, like, get it to the point where, like, Hopkins says wherever, like, Max goes, I'm going. Can we work that out to maybe get the two of you guys together in Baltimore somehow? Except for I'm a free agent. That's a whole, I don't know if I can negotiate a trade. Yeah, it probably doesn't work. I don't know know if I got that kind of influence anywhere. What was it it like lining up with him? Like, Like, someone... Like so, and I know you've been around a lot of really good players in your career. Like I'm, I'm not trying to discredit anybody else, but that dude can do things that other humans are literally not capable. That pandemic season catch that he made is one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen in my life. Like, what is it like to just be out on a field with that dude? You know what's crazy is it, it's almost it almost just comes normal seeing what he does. Really, that's what's so crazy about it. It's because it doesn't matter if it's practice or a game. I mean, that first year we played with him, every single day in practice, like the whole team stopping, like, because he'd make a catch. And it's like, how did he just do that? So by the time of now, after this season, like, it's almost more shocking if the play isn't made, like, when it's supposed to not be. Like, an impossible catch, and he doesn't do it. It's like, oh, why didn't he catch that? Like, that's weird. It's just it's unbelievable what he is able to do. It's, it's, it's not human, bro. It's so not human. It's not. It's like, really not. Like, how is it that you are an actual person and not an alien? It's also crazy to me that, like, the, you know, the, the idea of him being on the trade market and teams not lining up to try to move serious prices in order to get a DeAndre. Like, dude, you, you can't just go create DeAndre Hopkins. That's not an option. <laughs> like, oh, I know. It's, it's crazy. This, I mean, every offseason for every pro sport, I feel like in the last two years has been just crazy what's been happening. Just the most wild trades and the wild signings. and It's actually kind of fun. I'm a fan of sports. It's like I always have sports on, so I kind of like the drama. So are you, like, intrigued by this whole – like, we, we have hit almost a bit of fatigue. Like, trust me, dude, I want Lamar Jackson back as a Raven as much as I want, like, my son to succeed and go to college and have good life. You know, like, I desperately – want Lamar Jackson to be a Raven, but we've all hit an amount of fatigue talking about it. Like, dude, this is – it's just overwhelming every day. As a player, is there – so There's so much anticipation because it's so hard to really know. Like with the public's hearing, you never know because everyone's saying something different. Yeah. It's, it's if you're not Lamar, it's what's so hard about it is because you never know where really anyone's at because all of a sudden, like, out of nowhere, like, look at a Bobby Wagner, all of a sudden, boom, he's back in Seattle. It's true. Like, 
That's true. Just things happen so quick. And so I'm, I'm like, I'm like with you, I'm sitting down watching every day. I'm watching my ESPN. Like <laughs> I'm just waiting for also one day. There it is. Breaking news. Lamar signs this or Lamar this. Like I'm like, I'm with like everyone else. I'm sitting around. I want to hear it too. It, it, as a player is the fully guaranteed part of it. In, more intriguing to you. Like I, I, again, no disrespect, Max, but I'm guessing that Lamar getting a fully guaranteed deal probably would not lead to you directly getting fully guaranteed on your next contract. Like I just don't think it'll <laughs> quite work that way. But is is the concept as someone who is you know knows about union issues, who I'm sure has has talked with your teammates about this type of stuff, is the idea of someone fighting about that and trying to make it more standard for football players intriguing to you? I I do think it is, and I think uh, I think what more kind of a silver line to that though is I think the quarterback market is just so much different. I mean, there could almost be a salary cap just for quarterbacks and then the rest of the team because I feel like the quarterbacks change the game so much. So with quarterbacks wanting 100% fully guaranteed deals, I mean, that's your franchise. There's no offense or buts. Your quarterback is your franchise. I mean, there should be. I mean, I think what, we're the only pro sports not fully guaranteed contracts. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's hard, especially like people the will most say physical like, sport. Yes. well, because you guys are getting hurt more and all that, but it's like, that's why we should be fighting for more of it anyways, because we are in a sport where you're hundred percent guaranteed going to get hurt. You know what I mean? Dude, I can, I, so like, it's, it's I'm a tough strong agreement, like completely strong agreement. If I'm, you know, you, you just mentioned drop foot, like that's what you're going through and you, you know, you're just able to be cast aside like, hey, man, sorry, we're moving on. This next dude is younger and, and, and not dealing with that, so peace. Has two working feet. Yeah, I mean, like, oh, that's... It's, it, it is a tough situation. It really is. That's rough, bro. Hey, you know, I, I should but have asked, I, you, can, can you explain that to people that don't know what drop foot is? Can you explain legitimately what you were going through? Yeah, so essentially I hurt the nerve on the outside of my knee when I got took the hit. So essentially that whole, everywhere that, where that nerve runs to from basically like right on the side of my knee down, that's kind of like numb. Like I can't feel that or really use those muscles at all. They kind of can engage now and I can only like push down and use my calf and move it in. Like I can't actually like even lift my foot at all, really at all. God, man. I, I, like, and it's just, mm-hmm. is it just going to be that way? Like, that's the way that it works? Like, this is now what you deal with for the rest of your life? Well, from what I've learned now from nerve doctors is that it's really hard to say because nerves are so complex and there's so much to them. They really don't know because it takes the nerves so long to regenerate. Like, currently with my injury, I can just say that, like, I can lift up my toes, like, flicker them up a little bit. And it's been... 18 months since I hurt my nerve, my knee. Okay. So. Okay. I mean. Maybe one day I'll be able to lift my toes more and maybe move my foot a little bit, but complete, like, full function my foot will never come back. Brother, I will pray that that day comes for you, man, because that is, oh, my God, the thought of that is is crazy to me. Uh, I hope that it ends up being the case, but Jesus, dude, and that's. And again, crazier thoughts that I play with it. Yeah, it is. It, by the way, it's a. It almost makes me like think of you as even more of a psychopath in a way. Right? I, I am. I'm crazy for doing it. <laughs> like, I I don't want to say that and sound like derogatory, but bro, like I, I, the fact that you said, "All right, I'm I'm going to try to do this anyway," is bonkers to me. Um, and probably it, I'm guessing in a way also reflects how much you love the game. Like that, this is this is what you do. This is what you've known. 
Oh, I mean, my dad played for 11 years, so, I mean, I grew up. This is yeah. what I loved. Yeah. And then this is the opportunity that I've had. I was like, I, I love what I do. Oh. I mean, being at home injured, just not being at work every day at football is just like, well, this sucks. Like, I, I love being, I love everything about the NFL. Man. I love playing football. Man, it's so, it's powerful to hear you talk about it, dude. Um, Max, I have to ask before I let you go. I lived in Arizona from 06 to 08. And then when I w- every time I came back to visit in the years after that, I the fir- I had to go to In and Out like the moment that I got off the plane, <laughs> it had to be the first stop for me, and I had to get a double double uh, animal style and animal style fries. Um, do you frequent In and Out at all as a football player? Do you have to say hey, I can't do that, or are you like, bro, I'm over there in a heartbeat? Oh no, I, I've definitely frequented In and Out. Okay. I would say more when I first moved out here playing, just like you said, when it was just. Because in Minnesota and Baltimore, we didn't have them. Right. So I was all about it. But now it's like I've been here for four years. It's kind of just like, okay, we want a nice fast food burger, then probably in and out. But it's not like I'm crushing them I, left oh, and right. Oh, I, like, I get that. Like I back get in the that. day. I get that. That makes all the sense in the world. Because actually, you know, it's funny. Like for the first year that I lived out there, I was there all the time. And then I was like, you would find me at a Filiberto's as much as you would find me at uh, in and out at that point. Because Filiberto's was the jam. <laughs> Uh, for me, when I wanted a burrito, I get Filiberto's breakfast. Dude, I was bringing my breakfast burritos for them. Re- I, I don't know that I ever had a breakfast burrito at Filiberto's. Now that I think about it, oh my god! Now this is, of course, was 15 years ago, so life has changed a little bit at that point. <laughs> I don't, I don't know that I was. Well, awake. Then you might change. If, at that age, I'm not sure that I was awake for breakfast very often. At that point in my life, which might have been part oh, of the problem, uh, bro. Filiberto's was the jam. Like it was everything I could ask for. I would have somebody else be like, "Bro, I want to go to Chipotle." I'd be like, "You are a loser. Like, what are you, what are you doing with your I'm life?" I'm going to Filiberto's. Hell yeah, bro. That was where I was. Um, Max Williams, I'm I'm so excited to see you on Saturday night. Um, I'm really I, I am I'm I feel so good for you that you you know, it means so much to you that your teammates have recognized this. Um, it's it's on. Let me make sure I get it. It's on Twitter. It's Williams underscore Max. Correct. Uh, yeah, probably. I'm so bad about remembering that stuff. All right. All but right. I'm pretty sure it's Williams underscore Max. I understand that. I completely, boy, I'm jealous if you're getting a world where you can get off Twitter. Oh, I would like that so much in my life. It is such a cesspool. I hate it. Um, and then I think Instagram is just Max Williams, right? Yeah, I think that one's just my name. Uh, dude, can't wait to see you, man. So happy to have you back in town exactly. on Saturday It'll be night. a good time. I'm, ex- I'm looking forward to getting out there. Really appreciate you hopping on with us this morning. We'll talk soon, all right? It's- uh, talk to you. Max Williams, former Ravens tight end, um, Arizona Cardinals at Block Courage Award winner, and he will be back in town on Saturday night. Freaking nerve damage. Nerve damage in his foot. May never be right again. He's like, I got to play football. <laughs> These dudes love this game. And it is a testament about guaranteed contracts and about what it is that we – like, for a long time, it was disastrous. Like, the way that we treated John Mackey, the way that we treated players where retired players were just dying. And we were sort of like, eh, too bad. Now, we fixed a lot of that because of lawsuits. And we fixed a lot of things about the game because of lawsuits. But it's still football. It's still this type of sport. And I get it. I get the fight for full guarantees. I certainly understand why owners would say, yeah, but we'd rather not. <laughs> like, all things being equal. I mean, the Ravens, the, the owners, not the Ravens, the NFL was never going to do anything for retired players had there not been lawsuits. 
they were never going to fix the rules of the game had there not been lawsuits. It required lawsuits to change these things. I, I don't think a group of players that is currently trying to play is going to sue the NFL over collusion. We know that Colin Kaepernick and, um, oh, God, who, I'm blanking. Reed, Eric Reed. Oh, yeah. Um, did, and Eric Reed was still trying to play at that point. Colin Kaepernick was still trying to play, although we knew that he was going to continue to be blackballed. Um, but Eric Reed did still attempt to keep playing. No, it wasn't Eric. It was Malcolm, was it Reed or Malcolm Jenkins, now that I think about it? Who else? I think who was the was other Eric, one in the lawsuit? Eric. I think it was Eric, Eric Reed. Reed, yeah. And he did still get other opportunities, right? Like, he did ultimately get signed to, like, a practice squad or I something like that. I think he did, like yeah. I want to um, say. Eric Reed. No, this, no, I'm being. If, if it's collusion, but, it's difficult for active players to sue. Because it feels like you're essentially saying it was Eric Reed, by the way. Mm-hmm. Eric Reed was the other one in the lawsuit. Did Malcolm Jenkins have a separate lawsuit? Malcolm Jenkins was definitely involved in this process at some point. Ah, it's going to drive me nuts. Ah, whatever. I'm not going to think about it too much. And Eric Reed. Was he one of like the re- representatives? I know they have player representatives <sighs> in this. Which is Eric Reed was offered a contract. I guess he signed with the Panthers in 19. And played in 19 with the Panthers, and then was released. I don't know the timing of when the lawsuit. It's it's very difficult for me to measure yeah. these I two think, things. I think Malcolm Jenkins just came out and defended. That's Colin all Kaepernick. it was. I thought he was yeah. involved with something as well, because I definitely thought that, that he was alleging collusion too at some point. Maybe he just said it and didn't sue. But it's very difficult. It's very difficult for active players that want to keep playing to be suing the people that would be signing them to play football. It's a very difficult thing to do, which is why we talked about the Kurt Flood concept mm-hmm. with um, Bill Roden uh, last week and whether or not Lamar Jackson starts to feel that at some point and how that, any of that, what, what that has to do with him asking for a trade, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but it's a difficult thing to do if you really genuinely believe that you're being colluded against. It's a very difficult thing to, to sue about. So, again, the answer would be, well, dig in during CBA negotiations. Don't just give up the first opportunity you have in order to bail in CBA negotiations. Yeah, I mean, it's just a really, like as Max was saying, it's a really, really tough situation because what's he going to do? And that's that's kind of Max Williams' issue, right? Mm -hmm. Like, Max Williams wants to keep playing. So, so, like, is he going to fight over this? Like, he's desperate to try to get another job. He wants to continue to play football. Very tough. Very, very tough. Appreciate it, Max. Looking forward to uh, the Ed Block Courage Awards events this weekend. Again, edblock.org in order to find out more. Looked up Filibertos. That looks Dude, amazing. Dude, Filibertos was unbelievable. Because I, I had in and out once. So I was pretty underwhelmed. What? Did you get animal style? No, I, that was my problem. Okay, so then, well, yeah, uh, then we went. understand it. Towson played a game out in like L.A., and okay. so there was a there was this a is do- in your legendary dodgeball career. Yeah, actually for football, I was traveling with the football oh, team. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> and so played a game in L.A. Yeah, they played they were playing San Diego State, and San Diego oh, State was in playing Car- in yeah, LA. the soccer stadium. Yes. I do remember yeah, this yes. now. Yes. Um and uh and so there was an in and out like a mile and a half away from our hotel. So so me and a couple a couple guys walked walked because we you know didn't have a car. Okay. And uh, so it was, so it was, it was a pretty uh, you know treacherous long walk through. And so uh, the you felt like it wasn't worth it when <laughs> yeah, you got once, there. Well, once I got there, I was like, all right, so this better be the greatest. But if you ever. didn't get animal style, you... well, I didn't know. And yeah. so the ca- I, I blame it on the cashier because the cashier should have been like, you want to add animal style, and I would have been well, like, it's absolutely. Su- it's supposed to be like a secret menu thing. It's not a secret in any way. Everybody knows. But was, the point is, it's uh, that's supposed to be part just, of what makes it cool. It's just a plain like, burger to me. It was. 
I think that's going to be. I'm going to push back on that. It's better than a plain burger, but I was expecting animal style changes everything when you're out. In he it, when he you're slandered at. my Fuddruckers rum in this, so I, I can only expect. This. Probably rather have a Fuddruckers burger. It's, it's, I wouldn't that's be super excited about either one. I can understand if all you ever know about In and Out is just the burger. Guys. I'd still, I'd still have it, but then I wouldn't say like I've got to go out of my way in order to get it. The same way that I would feel about Fuddruckers. Like I, for what it's worth, nobody wants to hear this. There's no burger that's really worth that for, because a good I can a, agree with that a good mm. burger at most places just your average good burger is st- welcome to Good Burger home of the Good Burger right like a good burger is a good burger you know what I mean um, I'm I, what I will what I will say is that animal style changes everything about the meal because you got to do both burger and fries animal style mm-hmm. and. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it because I've been told a million times what animal style is, and they're like, "Dude, you could do that at home." I'm like, yeah, I could, but then I could also go to In and Out. Every time I'm I mean, Phoenix. yeah. I mean, I guess I gotta. I, I'm willing to give it another shot, but you know, from my my, my only experience with mm. it, I was pretty underwhelmed. Mm, and that uh, is nonsense. But yeah, Filiberto's is Filiberto's the jam. That was that was where I remember. That looks very good as well. I, I'm looking I mean, at pictures. I was at uh, Two Hour Tacos. Yeah, it looks like you give oh, you Taco a, Tuesday today. Oh, a good yeah. amount of food for a Bro, very low price. And they were open insane weird hours, so you could be all hungover, or you could be Damn, all still over drunk it, all over Arizona. Dang. Bro, Filiberto's was everything. Like, if you know, you know type of situation when you go out to Arizona. Now, there are also other, like, one-off places that... There, I can't remember the name of it. There was a Mexican bakery that was in downtown Phoenix, not far from my original radio station studio. And my buddy Tracy and I would go to that place all the damn time. I, it was a place where they did not, like... They didn't speak English. Like, that's where we were going. I can't even remember the name of the joint. I mean, I mean it's been 15 years since I've lived there. Um, but we would go there constantly. Mm-hmm. And I went there a couple times when I came back to visit. The last time I came back to visit, I found out it had burned down. Oh. And I was distraught. Jeez. Like, I was wrecked. Um, there were other places that we would judge where we wanted to go when we lived in Phoenix by the quality of their salsa bar. So, like, there was a, a, a joint. God, I can't remember what it was called. Uh... Oh, man, it's going to drive me nuts. Mm. But it was like there were four or five locations in Phoenix, and they had a peppers and salsa bar that was, like, you could get a meal just of, like... Just at the salsa bar? Correct. You could just go in. <laughs> like, you ever been to a... You ever, like, the, the, I, you know what? We can make fun of Quiznos all we want, because Quiznos is kind of low rent. But you know what I give them credit for? Their pepper bar was legit, right? Like, they had pepperoncinis, they had jalapenos, they had onions. They could get... Like, I would end up putting more in a little cup when I go to Quiznos and just, like, pop a pepperoncini (laughs) while I was enjoying my my submarine sandwich. You know what I mean? Like, I would do that at Quiznos. But it was low rent. Imagine a place that isn't low rent and take that Quiznos bar and expand it, like, the length of this room. Oh, my gosh. And it was 20 different types of salsas, all-you-can-eat chips and salsa with anything that you ordered. Like, it was... Oh, God, I love that place. I oh. feel like the equivalent of that, like, drawing the parallel to Quiznos would be like... Have you ever heard of Baja Fresh? I am quite familiar with Baja Yeah, they had, they had a salsa decent, bar. They had a decent, and I think it's, I mean, again, it was probably for, that Quiznos For a lower-rent yeah. place, mm-hmm. right. Like, it was... I, You know what? I will give Baja Fresh credit for that. Yeah. They had a decent salsa bar for, for that establishment, for a place that's not... It's a chain. It's a, yeah. you know, and a, a kind of a low-rent chain, right? Like, they had a quality salsa bar 
along with it. It had like four different salsas on it. Yeah, this place had like 30 different salsas on their salsa. God, I wish I could remember the name of the joint. I'll have to message my buddy Tracy and see if I can find that out. And we would uh, we used to take a lot of company lunches mm. back in the day. <laughs> Those days are gone. Not yeah, just from here, man. from like the world. The there are there is yeah. no such thing. That does not exist. But like back in the day, the boss would be like, "All right, everybody's going out to lunch today." I'd be like, "Hell yeah!" There were a lot of company lunches, and like hour long company lunches, and like drinking company lunch. Radio. <laughs> it was great to be in radio at the time. God, there was nothing better to be in than radio. Like all of a sudden, there'd be. A, I would still have an afternoon show to do, and we would be doing a drinking company lunch at 11.30 on a Tuesday. Wow. The best, mm. man. That's why I got into this business. And then it died. <laughs> so if anybody knows of any other skills that I might have, let me know. All right, we'll come back in. We'll get a tidbit and tube to wind things down. Today's show brought to you by... Ooh, this one's going to be brought to you by... Oh, we have all of these. We didn't time this well. All of these things that I have to do reads for, we have spots for in this we, break. We, That's oh. the dirty little secret is that uh, I don't I like see. to do a read going into a break for somebody that – I'm pulling the curtain back so you guys can understand. This segment is brought to you by Filibertos. <laughs> <laughs> You're in Arizona. Max Williams and I say go to Filibertos. Glenn Clark Radio. The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers started over $60,000 and over $64,000 for lateral officers with $10,000 signing bonuses available. Plus, cadets started over $32,000. Great benefits are available like medical, dental, and vision insurance, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days per calendar year with no limit, career advancement to more than 20 specialized units, and more with further incentives for military service members and veterans. A passion for service, a career for life, with the Baltimore County Police Department. Find out more at joinbaltimorecountypd.com or call 410-887-5542. Must be a United States citizen, have a valid driver's license, and a high school diploma or GED equivalent. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson profiles Orioles phenom Gunnar Henderson, breaking down how he was able to become the top prospect in baseball at such a young age and what could be next in his first full MLB season. Also inside, we meet lacrosse players from the men's and women's college programs across the state, and Bo Smoka breaks down another year wide receiver issues for the Ravens. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Have you experienced hardship due to COVID-19 and want to start a new career path? Look no further than CCBC. Starting in March, CCBC offers short-term career training programs like real estate sales. And the best part, funding is available for those who qualify. Real estate sales is a lucrative career that can provide a stable income and flexibility. With CCBC's real estate sales program, you'll learn everything you need to know to get started in this exciting field. Call us at 443-840-2222 or ccbcmd.edu to learn more. CCBC, real estate sales. Your new career starts now with funding available. 443-840-2222 or ccbcmd.edu. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. 
Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food, 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn, over 4100 North Point. Boulevard. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Check out PressBoxOnline.com every day to find daily winners and betting advice from Jeremy Kahn. And if you want some advice about life decisions that you probably shouldn't make, here's Glenn Clark. All right. Today's show is brought to you not only by Filibertos. God damn, we got to get some. Oh, I don't know how we're going to make that happen. Should we get it like shipped? I don't know. We'll look or... into it. Yeah, 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 poke around on that. But it's also brought to you by PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. Bet Fred. Right now, you bet $50 with Maryland's newest sports book. You can get up to $1,111 in bonus Fred bets. It's a lot of burritos that you can get with $1,111. So many burritos. So many. Try to make it happen for Cinco de Mayo. See what we can pull off there. Closest one is Albuquerque. That's not going to help us that much. (laughs) I mean. I know you're getting your car fixed. Is that because you're prepared to make that drive? I don't think so. Am I Harold and Kumar? (laughs) Yeah, right. God. When he says, my, my favorite line in the first Harold and Kumar is when he forgets his, what is his glasses and he turns around, we've come too far. <laughs> <laughs> Say that all the time and nobody picks up on it. My wife will be like, I think I left my phone in the house and we'll literally still be in the driveway. And I'll look at her and be like, we've come too far. There's no going back. The other day I was taking my sons to a, a birthday party. And which I actually ended up having a great. I, I always hate birthday parties because like I don't know these. I don't know anybody. Kids' birthday party. Like yeah. I don't know any of the parents. I mean, sure as hell. What do I do? Hang out with the kids? Like maybe. I mean, I, yeah, right. Probably easy to talk I don't know to any parents. Uh, this one it happened to be that like the dad of the kid who's birthday. Oh, and they all have more money than I do. Every single one of them, because my kids go to a private school. Like it's a whole deal. Like and so I'm always. They're all talking about like their businesses and stuff, and I'm like, yeah, I work on the internet, like doing <laughs> sports. They're all like trading, like they're all like, man, I was just out at the, I was just out in the, you know, the, whatever the golf financial. I, I was just out at Pebble Beach last week. I'm wow. like, yeah, sure, me too, totally. Don't even play golf. I'm in my Spider-Man hat and my gym <laughs> clothes. But this guy was great, right? We were watching the basketball game together. I was having a great time. But we got in the car, and definitely, like the kids saw that I brought a water with me, and they're like, oh, we want waters. Well, and I'm like, we're not, we're not stopping this car. We've come too far. We are not stopping this car because it will take 20 minutes for you guys to go back inside, and then you'll be distracted. You'll go in to get the water, and then you'll be like, all oh, right, I also wanted my Pokemon cards, and I wanted, I wanted to wear a different shirt. Like, it'll be a 20 minute process. We will never get to this party. It will never happen. We're in the car. We're gone. We've come too far. That's the way I feel. And yes, we might do that with you and Filibertos, which was a long way of me getting back to bet Fred, <laughs> which you can only bet. Or you can only take advantage of that offer if you go to pressboxonline.com slash offers. That is the only way to do it. All right, Griffin. Well, we've had a couple of days, so it's time to get the answers that we've been waiting for. What do they do with the salt? 
Uh, so what they do with the salt, I did get an email back from Miss uh, mm-hmm. Miss Marley from the where was the Department of Transportation. Mm-hmm. Let me find I can so I can provide the exact words, the exact wording. Um, so big big answer, yeah. She said all the unused salt from the salt boxes is returned to the salt domes, and they uh, they just keep it there. So this is just the boxes. Well, just the, well, then they just keep it in the dome. Just the salt boxes, and they just keep it in the dome. And next, so what year. happens with the budget? It's a good question because I tried to follow up about that. Because presumably that means that we've got a surplus that we're dealing with because you don't have to spend as much money on salt next year, right? So where's that money going? Am I going to see any of it? Is any of it getting kicked back to me? Hey, nice tax refund this year because we didn't have to use all the salt so you guys can have it? I'll shoot, uh, I'll shoot. Does it go to Miss Marley? I'll shoot another follow-up. What is this woman's name and title? I uh, want to make sure her her, her name is uh, Marley Cardona Maz. She seems very nice. What's her title? She is the oh man, it was that's, on the website. She didn't include it in her, you know, her, her that's signature. Problematic. This is not. If I mean, you're going to be the I team, we're gonna, I understand that, but you couldn't file this report. You're supposed to be our reporter, Griffin. You're supposed to be getting to the bottom of things. You need to be able to, to say who your source is. I will give him the chief of communications. I will defend him. For the Baltimore Hold on. City Slow Department of Transportation. She looks like a Dodger, though. What do you mean? You're like, you she's young. She looks She knows we're on to something <laughs> here. And we're not. We're never going to get the answer to this I, question. I'm on her LinkedIn right now. Okay, but I also, this is bigger than the city. This is a state issue, I believe. I don't think that the city handles all of the salt for, like, you know, you living in Carroll County. So I'm sure yeah. that that's a different thing. I live in Baltimore County. So I would like to know for the state, is there a kickback coming to me because you don't have to buy more salt? Right, next I'll follow. Year? I'll follow up. I did. I mean, I, I followed up right away I'm with that question. You, I think there's the a budget. chance they just go dump the salt in the water. I don't think that is what and they're they going to do. They say, "Well, we got to go buy more salt next year in oh, order to okay. use the well. budget," because I think it's a use it or lose it thing. <laughs> and if it doesn't go to them, who does it go to? There's a lot right. of questions well, so, here. I mean, she's saying they no keep it, so I, I think we can rule out that they the dump s- it in the bay. You say that, but if that's the case, they're just straight up lying. No, no, no. That means that they have something. They have to budget a certain amount of money for salt every year. Mm-hmm. So there should be in next year's budget or this year's budget now a surplus. What happens to that? Who gets to spend it? Does Miss Marley? Are we going to see Miss Marley driving a nicer company car? Are we going to see they t- suddenly there's a company retreat to Tahiti this year? Are they going out to Arizona? Because if they are, I'd like for them to bring me back some Filibertos. I feel like it's the least that I should get out of this transaction as a taxpayer. I think you're right. You on that? You're making good points. You on that? Yeah, I'll get on it. Remember, I'm willing to to put this to the Baltimore County Police Department. I know people. I know Sergeant Henry. All right. I'm willing willing to talk to Corporal Corporal Wright about this. I'm willing to have these conversations. These are important things, Griffin, and I don't feel like you're taking it nearly serious enough. But thankfully, you are taking seriously. You've got uh, lined up for us a priest. Uh, sh- I, I, I'll keep working on the priest. I'll, Say I'll keep working priest. on it. What work have you done? Um, I've been thinking about it. You've been thinking about it. Thinking about how I'm going to attack this. What is there to think about, Griffin? Uh, I think I know somebody who is a pastor. Well, why a, a pastor or a priest? A pastor. But so, do pastors talk to God too? I, I don't think so. Well, that's what I was going to say. I was going to say, do you know who I can get in touch with? A priest I can get in touch with. I'm sure these priests have. I'm sure these churches have websites, Griffin. I don't, right, right. I don't think this should require this much thought. Okay. 
I feel like you could just go to a website. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta psych and myself call, up. And you know what I had to do when I was bringing in a witch in order to try to fix the Orioles' performance on Sundays? I had to go to a phone book and look up to find out if there was a location where they performed witchcraft. And I found one, and I called them. And that's how it worked. We need a priest. Okay. We need a someone uh, keep it on the list. who talks to God. Because Lamar Jackson said, I want what God wants for me. So how are we supposed to know what Lamar Jackson wants unless we know what God wants for him? So someone who talks to God needs to be on our list to speak to about the subject. Got it? Got it. I expect an update tomorrow. Okay. Drew works for a church. Maybe he knows a priest. Drew talks to God, right? I don't think he's that high up. I don't think that he's on the, I don't know the whole pecking order. I think like they're up there and he's somewhere like, you know, here. Like, you can talk to the people to talk to God, but you don't get the, you don't get the button line. I don't think that's the case. John Colson has something to say as he stumbles towards I the studio. Yeah. It, there's, what is it? Work? But is a chat? Do they talk to God? Get on the, give him a microphone. Give him a microphone. Do chaplains? I know they pray. Like with the, t- is it a team chaplain or a? No, it's a, it's well, she's just a chaplain. For who? You got to be a chaplain. For a hospital. For a hospital. Okay, a hospital. Thank you. That's what I was looking for. So a lot of conversation with God. Do they directly talk to God? I'd have to ask. I would need you to ask that question. I also don't want you to bail Griffin out of his work here. I don't love that. Like he's had th- four days, four days, four days to work on this, Come and on, we've man. made no progress. It's been, what two business days? It doesn't mean any. We, I don't um, know. Wait a minute. When do you think God's what, off on Sundays? Right? When do you? Like, oh, no, I'm that's sure when they the do all their work. Day of the week. Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's the big day, dog. Okay, it's the big day. Saturday and Sunday. If you would Sunday. like to direct Griffin to your connection, that's fine to help him out. But how I about still, a rabbi? If they're talk, do, do rabbis talk to God? Yes. Okay, then yes. Thy point is not. I am not being religious. And rabbis in general have. Better senses of humor. Okay, well, they've also... Uh, can we get a moil in here while we're at it? I like Team Chaplin, though. If we could get the Ravens Team Chaplin. Might be a little... It might be a church and state situation. Anyone at all that you know that talks to God. Okay. All right? That's the point. And, so how do you quantify talking to God? Does he respond? That's that's their... I can't answer So they have question. to say they talk they to God. They have to say they talk to God. Huh? Because if they talk to God... I would like to know, because Lamar Jackson said, I want what God wants for me. I need to know what God wants for him. He also he also said that he was doing this for his family. I understand that. I'm pretty sure his family's going to be okay. Call it $50 million. Well, you say that. I don't know what, oh, what's I know. going on in their life. <laughs> I don't know. what they're. They might have a lot of debt. They might have a lot of things that they're he dealing like with. Two fifty versus one ninety million they, to make it okay they for his might family. Be, they might be losing out on being the salt salespeople for the state of Maryland next year that now don't have to sell any salt to the state of Maryland because there was no snow here this year. So they might be in for a serious financial issue and he needs to make up for that. What say you? I find that unlikely. What do you think about that situation? <laughs> I, I think that's know what you think is a bit the salt situation. I want to know. They say, well, we just keep all the salt, okay? then there should be a budget surplus, right? Correct. What happens to that? It goes to other programs mm-hmm. that we don't know about. And how do why, why, why don't we? Why don't we? Yeah. Why, why don't we know? Because we we're not asking. Actually, it's available. That's, just, that's, just go into the city budget. It's online. Well, go but look. they haven't set the new... I don't. This isn't a city issue. This is a state issue. Okay, go look. It's now. online. State budget. But they online. haven't set a new budget based on the not having to spend... This is next year's budget now. 
they don't have to spend as much on infrastructure. Which starts in July. So I want to know. I want to get Should to the they put that of, money towards Lamar Jackson? I, I, oh my God, we might be we might be working here. <laughs> we might be making moves now. He might have the first state subsidized quarterback. Couldn't we? Like that this, would be perfect. Now wait, this is like an NIL situation though. Couldn't we go to Lamar Jackson and say, dude, you're not going to get it all from the Ravens, but whatever it is that you're missing out on, we'll take our salt money How about and this? we'll give it to you. We'll just use you for. As a spokesperson for every uh, Maryland that requ- initiative, that requires him doing work, and I don't know that that's fair. I'm saying we just say, dude, just his name, just attach his name to it. All right, I'm, I'm, like NIL. You're, you're not, you're not, you're not on. You're, just you're, attach you're, his you're, name. You're barking up the right tree. Lamar Jackson says the MTA is the greatest. You're, oh God, now yeah. I don't. Uh, Lamar Jackson says uh, drive easy. No, no. Don't don't go 105. By the way, Lamar Jackson. By the way, just are, that are, are we are we currently do, are we doing any business that might end up involving us getting getting in bed with the people with Easy Pass in any way? Yes. Oh damn it! All right, never mind. Love Easy Pass. Easy, I heard the call. Easy I heard Pass the, is so easy. I literally <laughs> heard that yesterday. So I'm going now. A lot of things that I'm not going to talk about here. Thank you. All right. Thanks, John. Appreciate it. Please get us in touch with your your chaplain, Rabbi Moyle Priest. I don't know. Get get Griffin in touch so Griffin can handle this. I'll take care of it. It's his job. Oh, it's 1220. we got to go. Tidbit. Uh, Tidbit is brought to you. Son of a bitch. Tidbit is brought to you by the Baltimore County Police Department, who I'm going to call about this situation. i got a lot of questions. Where does the surplus go? Why isn't anybody talking about it? Why aren't we saying, hey, look, they didn't have to use all our salt this year, so maybe we give it back to the taxpayers. Could we be in trouble here? if Because if the bu- they have a budget for the yeah. police department, right? I understand. So, like, well, if they want to move if, it, well, yeah, some of the extra money coming versus to the them. state situation where you've got two different municipalities yeah. that we're talking okay, about. Okay, true. Where does the state money for the salt go to when there was no snow? If you're going to keep the salt, I'll, be- I'll believe you. Because I still I have a lot of questions about whether or not they're just secretly dumping salt on. Like, they're just saying, hey, man, we got to spend it because we, we're going to lose this money from our budget. Because you know how this goes. The moment they move it somewhere else, the moment the money goes from the transportation department to, like, the education department, the transportation department's like, we're not going to get it back next year. Like, the moment that they alter the budget, you know how this works. If you've ever worked in a company, all of a sudden... You've got to spend. You've got to spend the money or else you're going to lose it. It's a use it or lose it situation. So I do not fully believe Miss Marley. I think there's a chance they were secretly dumping salt because they've got to spend the money on the salt to make sure the budget doesn't get messed with because next year they're going to need the money in the budget for the salt. We've got to get we got to put up that board. Does this explain bodies never floating out of the harbor? Like might the, explain the that somehow. It might. Exactly right. Down. As you know from Home Alone, the salt turns the body to mummies. Everybody knows that. Because of Old Man Marley. Oh, my God. It's Old Man Marley, and that's a Marley. There are no coincidences, Griffin. You're turning the frogs gay. (laughs) Baltimore County Police Department wants nothing to do with this, but they are wonderful. And if you have a passion for service and want a career for life, they're doing a hiring camp on Saturday. You can sign up right now by calling 410-887-5521. 410-887-5521. Find out more at joinbaltimorecountypd.com. But to be a part of this one on Saturday, 410-887-5521. All right, so Maryland, uh, they did score 75 points last night in their loss to South Carolina on a 50% shooting, also 50% shooting from the three-point line. Um, and uh, entering last night's game, teams that would score 75 points on 50% shooting from the field and from three-point land. Uh, were had two losses in NCAA tournament history since 2000, 123 and two. Wow. I mean, look, I, we didn't talk about the game. I thought Maryland played really well for the most part. Yeah. 
it's a shame because they played so well in the first quarter and then they just the kind of did, it was, was like the midpoint of the second quarter and once you fall behind to a team like that it is almost impossible though it's mm-hmm. so brutally difficult like they're just going to keep pounding you they're just going to keep going right back inside and going right at you the really the thing that impresses me more than anything about South Carolina is how quickly they push my god they push quick even after made baskets they are not messing around they are out they are moving you you get a big shot that you feel like could be a momentum changer in a game like you hit a 3 that cuts it back to like and single, it came right back and hit and a 3 with within seconds like they don't wait 5 seconds they were up by 10 with a minute 46 and they were they were up by tw- 14 or whatever it was a minute 46 left and they're still pushing they are still not like they are, they just get after it it's what they do man they're you know they're monsters yeah force of Maryland did end on an 8-0 run so they covered the plus ah big news for griffin yes it was, yeah um, all right, so Miami's uh, Jordan Miller became the second player ever to shoot 7-for-7 uh, seven seven or better from both uh, the field and from the free throw line. Why do I feel like I saw this on Patrick Stevens' Twitter account? Did you? I, I don't know. I, I mean, I feel I like I... I mean, it's very possible he did, uh, but uh, I That I is a missing transfer, by the way. There you go. Jordan Miller? No, I used to know. cover him back in high school. Ah. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 27 points, 7-for-7 seven seven from the field, 13-for-13 13 13 from you're the gonna line. Add, so the 13-for-13 13 13 from the line, I only remember one, because Patrick did bring that up, and I only remember the only name I remember was Kemba Walker. Mm. Um, that was not to the tip. Okay. My tip was going to be, uh, he is the second player ever to score 25 points without missing a field goal or a free throw uh, with having seven attempts from both. And uh, do you know who that other player would be? Ever in the NCAA tournament? Mm-hmm. That's so difficult, right? Like Kareem. Not Kareem. It was in the 90s. It was in the 90s. It was in the 90s. It was Christian Leitner. It was. It was Christian Leitner. I was going to say Danny Manning. Yeah, the game with the shot against uh, Kentucky in the Elite Eight in 1992. <sighs> Son of a bitch. Christian Leitner. You feel good about yourself? Not really. kind of want to jump over there and strangle you, <laughs> if I'm being completely honest with you. It was more about Jordan Miller and you know, what, what Miami, Miami season and the what they've been doing. Son of a yeah. bitch. Yeah, I, I, hope, to see I, mean, I hope they win the title like, like Duke did. Doing the thing. God, I just hate the fact that you brought that up. Tidbit also brought to you by the print issue of Pressbox. It's available for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms and at the hundreds of locations around town where you find Pressbox. Or read it all at PressBoxOnline.com. There's Gunnar Henderson. He's on the cover. Tubular brought to you by your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines. So you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Tonight, eh, not a lot. Uh, Maryland baseball is in action at 4 against Georgetown on Big Ten Network+. Plus. Wizards host the Celtics tonight at 7 on NBC Sports Washington. TNT's got Heat Raptors at 7.30, uh, followed by Pelicans Warriors at 10. ESPN Plus and Hulu, Oilers Golden Knights at 10. As Patrick mentioned, the NIT semifinals. They've actually, I didn't know they moved the NIT to Vegas now. It's no longer in New York. Oh, yeah. And that, and they moved like it kind to, of the in the small arena, in the, um, the Orleans Arena, I believe it is. It's where I think they played summer league games. Or I thought they played summer league at um, oh, yeah, Thomas and Mack. Yeah, Thomas and Mack, yeah. right. Anyway, North Texas, Wisconsin at 7 on ESPN, ESPN 2 at 9.30 for Utah Valley and UAB. Now. The McDonald's All-American games are tonight. Uh, the boys' game is at 9 on ESPN. That includes Baltimore native Kwame Evans, who played at Poly and then transferred to Montverde Academy and is going to go play at Oregon. And the girls' game includes Maryland commit Riley Nelson, who is from, I want to say, PG County, maybe either PG or Montgomery County. I don't remember where Riley Nelson played. Uh, but she's playing the girls' game at 6.30 on ESPN, too. 
Uh, Masson's got Yankees Nationals right now. It's also on MLB Network. Later on MLB Network, White Sox Cubs at 3, Dodgers Angels at 9, the final day of exhibition baseball. Tennis Channel, more coverage of the Miami Open throughout the course of the day. Francis lost yesterday, which stinks. Lost to Lorenzo Sinego. <laughs> Not a good loss. Uh, the USA Network tonight for WWE NXT at 8. Some non-sports highlights. Uh, so Owen Wilson and Jeff Goldblum will be on James Corden. Owen Wilson's got this movie called Paint coming out where he is like sure he it's does. inspired by Bob Ross. It doesn't look actually that too promising because oh, he's literally okay. Bob Ross, but like a, for whatever reason. Like a fictionalized version of yeah, Bob Ross. Yeah, that doesn't seem. so. But yeah. I mean, it, it looks interesting because it's, it's Owen Wilson. Um, Taron Egerton will be on Stephen Colbert. He's got a movie coming out Friday on Apple TV+. Plus. Uh, Riley Nelson's from Clarksburg plays at the Bullis School. Uh, Taron Egerton is in Tetris movie coming oh, out. Oh, but on it's Friday. and it's it's not like, but Tetris is about like the making of Tetris, yes, right? Yes. Yeah. So like he like is going to like communist Russia. Yeah. And, like, trying to, I, it looks I, actually kind it of. It does. I did see a little bit about it. It does look yes. interesting. Um, and then uh, that's that's it. I mean, Ben Affleck's gonna be on Kimmel. I can just tell you, you I go thought, to Glenn Clark. I, I thought. Oh, it's Matt Damon that he always pushes. It's not Ben Affleck that. But they always done fun bits on. Probably. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, with, yes. Yeah, like, where when he was with Sarah Silverman, like, they did a bit where she was, like, did a song, I'm effing Ben Affleck or something like that. I don't remember. I don't remember that. Well, Air Jordan's coming out next Friday, I think. That's what he's promoting. Is it next week? I thought it was this week. Is it this week? Uh, I thought it was right. April 7th, yeah. whatever. I think it's just called Air. Air, sorry, it? yes. Yeah, just Air. Air. Which is really about Sonny Vaccaro mm. and Phil Knight more than it's mm. about Michael Jordan, but obviously it's the story of them using Michael Jordan in order to bring Nike to prominence. All right, very good. Thanks today to Patrick Stevens. Thanks to Max Williams. Thanks to uh, Bob Kravitz, as well as to our buddy Josh Charles, who set the Lamar meter. We'll get it all up in the greatest hits section of... Oh, my God, it's so good. Tab at glennclarkradio.com. On the program tomorrow... Mark Feinstein from LB. Uh, right. Com. What did he write about? I don't know. About the Orioles and Grayson and uh, their... And we didn't even really talk about Grayson. Man, yeah. I feel bad. I got, I got to go. I got a meeting in two minutes. Uh, it's a bummer. He wasn't going to finish the whole season if he started, right? I mean, like yeah, but that's the problem. If he's pitching in the minor leagues, now he's wasting in- yeah. innings in the minor leagues. That's the issue. Like, I, I'm not furious about it because it's not like other years where you didn't have five qualified major league starters. And Mike Elias brought that up, and it was reasonable, right? And I brought that up to Ken Zalas yesterday. They have five legitimate major league starters to pitch. It's a bummer. As long as, like, the worry about manipulating service time. Even though baseball created rules to try to prevent that, like the Orioles, because they're going to limit his innings anyway, might say to themselves, well, why would we have them pitch? Why would he pitch in April if he's not going to pitch the entire season and we can do this to manipulate the promise of service time manipulation? But I don't know. It's a bummer. It's a bummer. We'll talk more about it tomorrow, I promise. We just didn't. I'm sorry. We were Lamar and Jameer Young and all that today. And and Filiberto's. It was important. We had way too many important things. Filiberto's, the, 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 the salt. I mean, it's just... How could we possibly talk about Grayson Rodriguez? A chaotic week. That's on me. I really screwed that up. We should have spent more time talking about Grayson. It was on my list, and I never got to it. All right. Uh, we'll do that tomorrow. And maybe Drew. Who yeah. knows? I don't and know. He should he, be back tomorrow. Who knows? <laughs> Thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including the Baltimore County Police Department, Royal Farms, Costa Sin, CCBC, Birdland Sports, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. And welcome back, Glory Days Grill, proud sponsor of the Lamarometer. Lamarometer. Thanks to... Prince Charles at charles.ap28 on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Griffin underscore Bass on Twitter. Thanks to Griffin. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Tuesday night. Go nobody. Duke Maryland sucks. Baseball. Maryland baseball, sure. Thank you. Duke sucks. <laughs>